And now, introducing the man who's finally come around on the National League format after last night's game as he was utterly relieved to see John Means leave the game in order for Pat Vileka to get an at-bat, citing his lifelong policy of wanting to, quote, never watch really good baseball players for too long at once, unquote. When asked how the most recent cyber attacks would affect his life, he let out a deep sigh and looked into the distance before wondering, quote, I'm just not sure there's much time left for men like me who enjoy six to seven huffs of gasoline every 15 minutes or so, unquote. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Press Box. It is Glenn Clark Radio. Chesapeake Employers Insurance is your workers' compensation insurance specialists. Happy uh, Would You Rather Wednesday brought to you by Glory Days Grill. We'll get to that in a bit. It's a very busy show today, just the type of thing that comes together this way. Coming up this morning, Will Leach. You know him from Deadspin, Once Upon a Time, when you like Deadspin. Um, I believe in more recent years, he's been doing stuff at MLB.com, and he's got a novel out called How Lucky that I received about 20 minutes before today's program, and I unfortunately have not been able to read any of it. It is what it is, but uh, we'll talk to Will Leach. We're going to talk some baseball with him for sure because that's, you know, it's more interesting. It's just what it is. Um, anyway, so there's that. Also coming up this morning, Patrick Stevens joins us. We will preview the first weekend of the NCAA lacrosse tournament. Later on in the program, Drew Forrester joins us as he does every Monday to do whatever the hell it is that we do with him. We'll talk about the stupid schedule, I guess. I don't know. Whatever we do with, with Drew. And Rick's going to call the Preakness. Late in the uh, 11 a.m. hour, Ryan McNulty, one of the top defensive players in the country from Loyola, will join us. They're getting ready for their first-round matchup against Denver. And we will uh, wrap the show by chatting with Jacoby Jones, uh, as you might have heard at the end of yesterday's program. Unfortunately, uh, we had to bump things back a little bit, so we ended up catching up with him after yesterday's show and recorded it. You'll hear it at the end of today's show. So lots to do on the program today. Uh, before we get to Would You Rather Wednesday, brought to you by Glory Days Grill, just a couple of things. Yes, I, I, National League Baseball, horrendously stupid. There's no other way to describe it. John Means is pitching brilliantly, so of course you got to take him out to make sure you scratch a run across. Look, the bummer of all of it is, if you if you care about the results of the game, that the Orioles should have won the game sure. last night, and they didn't. That that It actually, in playing National League Baseball, the strategy worked. They got the run home. Yeah. Right? Well, like well, they he did his job. They did what they were supposed to do in that situation. Now, given the circumstances, you probably would have liked to have scored more than one run there. And but you don't know how – I mean, not that it – you would have gotten to the ninth with a lead in theory if Means had been – you know, your best-case scenario is John Means holds them scoreless, as did the Orioles, who pitched in his stead. Right? So – it is what it is. I guess they allowed one run prior to the ninth, correct? They, what do you mean? Wait, what? Was the Orioles gave up a one, run? Two to one game. It was a two to one game Entering going the ninth inning, yes. right? So somebody means so could have conceivably pitched seven or more innings had he kept going. So if he had gone back out, would they have pushed back and whoever pitched and allowed the run in the eighth, would they have never taken them out in the first place? I don't know. All right. Well, I mean, I we're, we're getting way too deep into this. The point is that um, National League Baseball is awful. It's just awful. It's so stupid. It There is no defense of it. There is no, yeah, but the strategy is great. F that. Stop it. You're, you're just, this is what you've known, so you've convinced yourself that it's what it's supposed to be. It's terrible. It's a terrible scenario that in critical situations and games, you could send up someone who doesn't hit to the plate. That's 
awful. Now, somebody would make a joke and say, well, you know, you did it with Chris Davis for a long time. Thank you. There is no scenario by which it makes sense that a pitcher should have to be the one that's at the plate in a certain, certain circumstance, and you should have to risk losing a pitcher who's throwing a gem. Uh, not that Means was nearly as sharp last night as he was I mean, against he was Seattle. Still but great. He, well, he still got out of it. He you know, still any, any other pitcher who goes six scoreless and allows only one base runner per inning pitched is going to be very oh, is going to be thrilled. Did he not walk anybody? I don't think I think he allowed six hits. I, don't I know he allowed six hits. I didn't know. I'll if he, double check though. I couldn't. Oh man, I thought he. I thought there was a walk in there somewhere for sure. Anyway, look, he was still very good. There's no debating it. He was still really, really good, and you'd like for that to continue. I mean, my God, would you like for that to continue? But no, we got to do this insane bit where the pitcher is supposed to be the one hitting and you can walk the guy in front of him in order to get to the pit. I mean, it's just wretched. It's so no awful. Walks. No walks. All right. All right um, so the moral of the story is the Lowered Orioles. Lowered his ERA. God bless. Well, I mean, that, he, didn't, well, he, didn't, he didn't allow a run. Yeah, yes. that's good and still. That's the way that works. I don't works. know if you've heard. Correct. Lowering it from one but he actually raised, is pretty impressive. But he raised his whip. Well, now we got to ride. Yeah, correct. He <laughs> raised his whip. Um, it's what it is. I don't care about the results of games, and John Means was phenomenal, so it does nothing. It but it was nothing. annoying to stay up all that time and be like, it was annoying, but at the same the, time conflicting where you're like, well, it's probably good in the grand scheme of things. See, this is where I'm, I don't, the result is irrelevant to me. I the stayed win up or for loss, all of it, you know? I, I, was I, am, like, I am emotionless about it. I'm not yet at the point where I'm openly rooting for them to lose, but it certainly does not bother me when they lose. I understand. Like, it, it didn't ruin it my night. It was irrelevant to it me. It was just like, oh, all right. Yeah, it was utterly irrelevant that they lost the game, particularly as Cesar Valdez fits into the category of he's not really an Oriole. Hey. I know everybody thinks he's neat. I know it's Could this. you, in theory, still get something from him, in like a bag no. of balls? Yeah, again, a bag of balls, right, yeah. maybe. Is there a team that would say, fine, we'll take him off your hands? Maybe? I mean, still take, hard. On, take on any lottery ticket, no matter how long the I, odds are that you can, right? No, there's no reason not to trade him. It's not like he's going to Oh, no, no. There's certainly, I just don't, I don't actually know that there is. I don't he's know. He's pitched well this year, right? Certainly, he's not a closer. No, he hasn't pitched well. He's, he's not a closer. He's gotten results. The notion that somebody else is looking at Cesar Valdez and saying, that's what we're missing, but they that's the guy that we he's need. He's at least a arm we could use. If it's just a team that needs to fill their bullpen out to try and at least give a little more depth, a qu- a I, I don't believe there's a team righty. that's interested in acquiring Cesar Valdez right, via, via trade. Now, will you get to that point where they literally say, look, if you're desperate to get rid of him, we'll, we'll take him and make it look like we gave you something in return? No, I'll take that deal. Maybe. That's Maybe. A deal I'd take. Of course you would take that deal because he's offering you nothing. Well, no, you make it look like it. What's that? Okay, make up a fake player. So yeah, correct. Yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> it's not even real. Are we sure this guy is actually a, a player? Um, I, it, it, I am not impacted whatsoever by watching Cesar Valdez implode. It's, it's the I'm not going to be impacted by watching Michael Franco or Freddie Galvis struggle. And on the flip side, seeing them succeed does nothing for me. It does not interest me in any way. Mullins got another hit. Okay. Did he only get one or did he get two? Uh, he might have. Maybe it's. I remember the one. I don't remember if there was another one in there. There might have been. I don't remember. I come on, man. That was. It wasn't a great offensive game. No, it was certainly not a great offensive. But it was a fun game, game for. Like it was still. A it good was a compelling duel, yeah. game. Yes, it was a compelling game that got national leagued up. Um, the Orioles and Mets will play again today at noon. So uh, we will probably not be done by the time the game starts today. It's just what it is. Right at the start of noon. Uh, I think it's a 12-10 first pitch today or they something. They do that, like that up there? I think that's the way it works, man. I think that's how they do things. 
Um, as far as the schedule is concerned, a, a couple of things. One, I just don't – this is the eternal you can't get me to care as much as you do about it. You guys care more about the schedule than I do. I only understand it if you make the trips. If right? you make the trips, I absolutely get it. Right. If you make the trips, but only in that context, in the course, I like, want to know – this is sooner than – Exactly yeah. right. If I'm flying somewhere, I want to go get my flights. Then I understand your excitement, but that, I don't ex- understand you know, discussing it. I only understand now I know when I'm going to be traveling to Las Vegas, for example. Now I know when, when I'm going to be traveling wherever I mean, it is like, that you're I going. I mean, like, I can understand through the years and our conversations, I feel as though I understand more the NFL's thinking for decisions, right? Like, when fans were saying, oh, man, can we at least get Kansas City, Baltimore later in the season so the Ravens can be you know, more ramped up and more ready for the matchup. It's like, no, they're not going to risk anybody being hurt for that I game, mean, right? Like, they want to make sure Lamar Jackson and Pat Mahomes you are say, playing each while, other. And, while you say that, that's not Bible. They schedule plenty of significant games late in the season as well. There is no Bible to that. I don't think the there Chiefs and no. Ravens have played later than week four or five. Well, that the first one certainly was. was. Week four. What was it? The no, first the f- one was the first meeting was yeah. deep in the season. It was after remember it was after Lamar took over, but they didn't know right. then that Lamar was taking over. They didn't know that was going to be or the that case. Mahomes was going to be. Well, no, they they, they, they knew then, Mahomes. Yeah. Yes, they didn't know Lamar was. Well, since then it's been the past two years or two years. Yes, after but like were, last year was very unique. They purposely scheduled um, non-division games at the beginning of the year because of COVID reasons. Like that, this there's no Bible to. We need to have our marquee matchups at the beginning of the year. In fact, regularly they want marquee matchups on Thanksgiving. There is no rule. Well, to that's that. an exception. I feel With, like to that. I feel like they're it's, not. It's not. There is no rule within the NFL as to when they schedule those games. They do not have a a policy for that. They do not have a try to do it this way type of thing. It's perhaps some sort there, of confirmation bias or recent. It's definitely bias. confirmation bias. Sure. If you want to believe it, you'll find something that points it out. But then why wouldn't they always have Raven Steelers games at the beginning of the year? Well, they always they, put Ravens Browns Week Seventeen. Well, they don't always. They or used Ravens, to have or Steelers Ra- would be week seventeen, and it would not matter. And yes, it was annoying. Yeah. It was an awful thing to do. They would also regularly do Ravens Bengals week seventeen. They what they have Agent done is said Green. we want division games at the end of the year because we're trying to protect them. Mattering. Is that still more. happening? Is they're still doing? Yes, that? they are still trying to protect division games for the end of the year, or week so that week week eighteen now or week seventeen is more relevant, and you're less likely to have teams that are able to simply bench all of their players. You want to keep things and play for as long as you possibly can. Now, you can't guarantee that by any stretch of the imagination, but it has been their goal to keep things as relevant as possible for the end of the year. But as far as the other stuff, there is there is no... I there. can't be bothered. To, like, I see the promotions about the broadcast, and it's just sort of a, wow. I can't be bothered to get worked up about any of it, frankly. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. The schedule release is the least interesting thing that everybody else finds interesting. I don't care. The only thing that I care about is the part that we already know, which is give me the first opponent. Correct. Give me the first one, the one that we're going to be talking about, just so I have only in context of conversation. Hey, once we get ready for Vegas in week one, like that's the only reason why I care about it, is I now know how to have that conversation Are you happy when we reference week one. Or a little annoyed that it's a Monday night game. All right. I, I don't care about that either. You're going to play Monday night games at some point. I, it, in, the, in the football conversation, if you have to make a West Coast trip, You'd rather it be. You'd week rather one. it be week one. Um, now the, the 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 bad part about being Monday night is it's a long trip to make for a short week the following sure. week, and there's already some rumors that it's going to be Kansas City the following week. Love it. Um, and so you know that's not that's a bit annoying. That's not ideal. I don't think. 
but it's what it is. You're going to have to play those games. This is the part of, the, of freaking out about the schedule I'm never going to get behind. you got to play all the teams that are on the schedule in some order. Mm-hmm. You're going to piss and moan and bitch about something. I mean something. more as a fan, the viewing experience, not even for the Ravens specifically. As a fan waiting for the Ravens football to come around. Okay. Are you happy it's going to be on a primetime game? Lord, or are you I, don't, like, I don't care. I just don't care. Well, Every, think of it everybody's like playing within a four-day span, and you knew it wasn't going to be on Thursday night, so you knew I it was going to be one day or the be, other. It's okay. For, I mean, I don't, I don't like waiting for Monday night games sometimes during the, the season, like the course of the season, okay. but I think with week one, okay, well, there's probably going to be another Monday night game at some point. Be back. I, just don't, I, don't, I just don't care about this stuff, man. You can't get me to get primetime worked up about stuff it. Is that what I do care about is I want – if. Primetime games are games that I can watch. And so the games that I can watch, I want them to be as compelling as possible. And you want the opponents and, to be and yeah. st- well, strike one, the first Sunday night game of the year sucks. It's terrible. I mean, there's just no hiding behind it. It's an awful, awful game that could turn out to be a compelling game, and we'll watch the it Rams. anyway. But there is no reason. Rams-Bears. Yeah. It's dreck. It's heinous well, how Dalton. awful that is. Great. Andy Dalton versus Matt Stafford. You never Boy, know. You might big time. Fields. And who knows? Terrible. Justin Fields might turn out to be electric. And if Justin, if I thought for any reason Justin Fields would be the quarterback, it wouldn't be good, it would be but it would be better than sure. what I've got. It would be still a terrible decision for a week one Sunday night football game, but it would be better than as bad as it's going to be. It there's nothing there. It sucks. Other it's than Stafford, horrible. which is the only difference. Like Nobody has ever tuned into a game because Matt Stafford was playing. It's the uh, that's the only storyline there. That's that's and, like and that's the only thing they have to really mark. Every like. game's got some sort of storyline. Well, they're going to mark. They're they're not even hiding from it. They're what their initial NBC's initial is just admitting what we're doing. We're putting two big markets on Sunday Night Football. We want to manipulate the ratings as much as we can for the first game of the season. We're putting two big markets on Sunday Night Football. That's what we're doing. And, and this is the NFL's eternal problem of continuing to force feed the Cowboys into every situation instead of the one, the one thing that made sense for the Thursday night game was to put Josh Allen on Thursday night against the Buccaneers. It's a terrible home slate for the Buccaneers because the Saints don't have a quarterback. It's a terrible home slate. So just put Josh Allen on Thursday Night Football and give us a compelling young superstar to watch play. And I get it. I wish I wish Dak Prescott was more compelling. His production should suggest that he should be a compelling star. And the way they talk about him on all the networks, because they also think that everybody in the country cares about the Cowboys, would make you think he's a compelling star. He isn't. He's not. And that's largely because he hasn't won anything yet, sure. right? And at some point... As compelling as Justin Herbert was last season, he's got to win something too or else he goes into this category. But right now, he's Matt Stafford. He's a productive player that's not that interesting. They've never done anything. They're not compelling. Well, he's toiling in obscurity. Correct. Except for obscurity in Dallas. Statistically is diff- is, no, obscurity in it, Dallas right? is far different than obscurity in Detroit, right? Like, but it's a circus He's more there. famous. Yes, it's a circus, and it's just... The NFL wants to believe that everyone is most compelled by Dallas because they've never done the chicken and the egg thing. They've never considered, hey, if we shined a light on someone else, would there be more interest? They just say, hey, the Cowboys always get good ratings, so let's just always have the Cowboys be the answer to every question. Well, maybe if you put some other teams in situations, perhaps there would be greater interest in those teams too. Atlanta. Probably not that one. You're just going to guess that's not the place to start. Just just a guess. So instead, we just keep doing this for forever, and then you scratch your head about why guys aren't more marketable superstars. You scratch your head about it like, geez, gee, gosh, golly. 
Why don't we have more marketable stars in the NFL? Well, maybe it's because you insist on going with big markets and the effing Cowboys. And the big market teams stink. They're terrible. They're not interesting. There's rumors that the week two Thursday night game is the Giants and Washington. Well, there's, you know, it's a new NFC East, Dan Quinn's in Dallas. F. What? Isn't Dan Quinn the defensive coordinator there? Oh, okay. (laughs) What's that have to do with anything? Everything's different now. That's what you led with? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. It's a new day in Dallas. Got that going for you. God, it's brutal, man. This is a league that just won't put all the games on TV. Washington's the team to beat in that conference. Maybe. They might be. They might very well be the team to beat in that division, which is horrendous. (laughs) It's so awful. (laughs) Anyway, uh, the schedule will continue to trickle okay? out i don't know what's going on there hello <laughs> schedule will continue. you want to come no i'm good right. i'm good i don't i don't i don't need that uh, the schedule will continue to trickle out throughout the course of the day it will definitively be out by 7 45 tonight when teams are allowed to put the schedules on twitter and then they're going to do a stupid yeah. this could have been an it's email television show march madness i mean it's so oh it's so much worse than march madness it's so much worse at least there's a chance you don't know what the brackets are by the time the show starts. But it used by to the be. time the show starts tonight, you will definitively know the entire schedule. There's nothing to talk about at that point. Well, they're going to analyze yeah, it and tell you what the record's going to be. Which is the least interesting <laughs> television in the history of ever. You could also do it like God. more or less now. Yeah, I mean, we, <laughs> right, but again, we will know definitively at 745. At 745, the teams are allowed to put their, they're given the thumbs up, Papa Bless, I love it. to put the schedules on Twitter 15 minutes before the TV show to announce the Who's schedule. Who's going to scoop it? It's wretched. I don't know. Sco- there's been scoops all day. There have been scoops all day yesterday. There have been plenty of people that scoops have been putting out. Yeah, that's the way it's going to go. I just, I just don't Can't care. Can't wait for it. It's the night, night of the year. Don't care nearly as I much as the dressed up and all of oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> Bolo tie that. and everything. Oh, I've been waiting to see that. Yeah. Would You Rather Wednesday is brought to you by Glory Days Grill. They're celebrating their 25th anniversary at Glory Days Grill with a phenomenal menu, including the smoky thigh wings, which will save you from your sins, as well as the zucchini fries, the double bacon and cheddar burger, the barbecue chicken bowl with ancient grains, the strip steak sandwich, the silver anniversary IPA, and so much more. Find out more at glorydaysgrill.com. Participating in Would You Rather Wednesday will register you to win a $25 gift card to Glory Days Grill. Three scenarios, as always, for Would You Rather Wednesday. We'll lay them out now, get to them as the show goes on. Number one, would you rather your boss announces you're back in the office starting today, if you're not already. Losers, look it up. But there's a mandatory conference in Vegas in September, so everyone is going for Labor Day weekend and staying through the Ravens game. So essentially 10 days in Vegas. Not quite, but pretty close. That's a Johnny Depp movie, right? Yeah, I think so. Yes, exactly <laughs> right. Or about Hunter S. Thompson. It was a whole deal. Or you're back in the office today. No Vegas, but your boss announces that the company will be taking care of your gas for the next month, literally delivering it to you when you need it. Okay. That's number one. Number two, would you rather, due to a weird scheduling quirk, the Ravens or your own favorite teams, all 17 of their games will be at 4 p.m. on a Sunday? Which I already know isn't the case for the Ravens, but just play along as I wrote this last night. Don't do it. Number two, the other option would be eight games are in prime time. The other nine are at 1 p.m. on Sunday. 
So either they're all at 4 p.m. on Sunday or 8 in primetime, 9 at 1 p.m. Okay? And number three, would you rather Aaron Rodgers ends up in Denver making the Ravens' path to winning the AFC that much more difficult? Or Aaron Rodgers ends up in Washington waking up our annoying neighbors to the south from their prolonged slumber? Those are your scenarios for Would You Rather Wednesday, brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Get your responses in at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. You can go to Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio. Get them in there as well. Somebody who participates at random will be chosen to win a $25 gift card to Glory Days Grill. Always a pleasure to be joined by our next guest. I have to apologize. I hate this because I, I typically like to read books before we have someone on who wrote them. I'm so sorry. I just got his new novel, How Lucky, 20 minutes before the show started today, and I have not had a chance to dive in whatsoever, but I will because I'm a fan of this man's work. It's always a pleasure to welcome back to the program Will Leach, who joins us now here on GCR. Will, it's Glenn and Kyle in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Oh, oh, please, thank you. You know, it's a fast read, but it, it is not that. Fast. Yeah, I'm sorry. I think Will, that's fair. I was the guy. <laughs> I was the awful radio guy who, for years, like, would never read the books, and it was just so. And people, I, I knew everybody was judging me. I've gotten so much better at it in, five, in the last five years. <laughs> in five years, I read all the books, all of them, when they come in before we have the author on. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Please. I haven't a chance yet. Please. Um, tell me about why now. Why why this novel? Why was this di- the direction that you wanted to go? Wh- what is How Lucky all about? Yeah, so How Lucky tells the story of Daniel. Uh, he is 26 years old, and he has a uh, disease called spinal muscular atrophy, which is uh, a disease that my, actually my son's best friend has, which is what kind of inspired me to write it. And the best way to describe, describe SMA is it's basically ALS for kids, which is really a horrible disease, uh, but he's able to, like, so he's kind of, like, almost at the end of his life, but he, but he lives by himself, he's in a wheelchair, he's unable to, uh, to move really anything other than his left hand, and he witnesses a crime, and he, uh, and he has to, like, figure out whether he can report it, or whether anyone will listen to him, and the book is told from his perspective, so I had to do a lot of research about SMA, and talk to as many people as I could to try to get it right, I'm an able-bodied person. I'm not going to be able to get it 100% right and understand it the way way they can. But I, I, I hope I did a pretty good job. And, uh, you know, for me, writing a novel, I've written novels in the past, uh, but uh, I was kind of ready to, to try something uh, to try. It, it, you know, I've been doing journalism for so long, it almost sounded fun to be like, oh, wait, I can just make the people do whatever I want them to rather than uh, be stuck with what, what, what actually happened. So it's, it's been kind of a fun experience. All right, go, go back to when you started Deadspin. Was this what you wanted to do or was that what you wanted to do at the time? Was that a vehicle to be able to do this? Or is this the evolution of, okay, I did the thing that I thought I wanted to do at a younger age. Now this is really who I want to be moving forward. You know, to be honest, I, I, this was probably closer than what we were doing in the first place. I, I would say Desmond was certainly fun to do, and I, I was honored to do it. But, you know, I actually didn't want to go into sports writing. I love, really? I almost, I almost love sports too much for it. <laughs> One of the founding things of, uh, of Desmond was uh, I remember when I was in college, and I, cover, I was at the University of Illinois, and I covered all the sports teams there. And I remember going up to the, to the press box. And I assumed everyone in the press box would be so happy because they're covering sports and they do it for free and they get free food and they get to talk to these athletes. And I went up there and they were so miserable, yeah. all these sports reporters. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, I don't know what I'm going to do with the world, but it ain't 
that. No way. And so that kind of inspired, that was actually one of the inspiring stories of this, one of the stories that got me to do Deadspin. I wanted to bring like a little bit of, I don't know, joy, I guess, back to, uh, to, to, to sports writing. I know that Deadspin would cover some topics that would make people uncomfortable, but I always wanted it to be kind of fun. I didn't want you to feel like you had to take a shower at the after you read the side or something. So I think the theme is there, like my writing style is generally the same. Uh, but, you know, the, the goal was always probably closer to this direction than necessarily. As much as I love a great sports blog, that, that, was, that was almost a uh, – uh, that was not the initial goal. But no. if you could have been – if somebody would have just given you money then to start writing novels, you would have been like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. That's, that's more what I yeah, have I think I would have been terrible at it. Like, right. That's one of the things that's right. been really nice is, you know, because one thing that's really good about doing a blog like that's been – you just write constantly and you get over yourself real fast. Sure. A, 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 there's always new stuff going. And B, everyone's always yelling at you. So <laughs> you, can't, you can't really be like, you know, I've noticed, I, I'm, kind of, you know, again, I'm kind of new to the novel world. I've noticed a lot of novelists are like, wow, I can't believe I got a bad review. I should have gotten a better review than that. And I was like, hey, try writing about Tim Tebow yeah. sometime at all yeah. and uh, tell me how, how you handle that. So I think it's been it's been good to have that kind of feedback. Well, but you, okay, and Will Leach is with us. Again, the novel is How Lucky. It's available right now. We've linked it up on our Twitter account, at Glenn Clark Radio. It's also the, like, how many things did you have to be snarky about at some point that, like, now if somebody's snarky towards you, you kind of have to say, like, well... All right. Yeah. Sure. This is the way this whole system works. Yeah, I mean, right? I mean, I mean. You know, this is to me. I always feel like this is part of the job description. I've yeah. always felt like part of working in media. And I think there are exceptions to this, particularly when you look at like what women have to deal with in sports media. And I think that I don't mean that I don't mean to say this across the board, but certainly I feel like my perspective is part of my job as someone that writes about sports or writes about anything is almost to be a vessel for which people to. Everyone's got to yell. Everyone's got to get frustrated. Everyone needs to yell at the ref sometimes. And I feel like part of my job is to get yelled at a little bit. You know, I feel like uh, it, like at a certain level, if I couldn't handle it, I probably should have gone into maybe banking or something then where I'd be anonymous. Right, right. Like my name's right there. I obviously want you to contact me. So it's very weird for people to uh, who write things to be like, oh, how could they say that about my work? <laughs> well, sorry, pal, you put your name out there. That's how this. That's how this game's played. All right, that's such a great point, man. Will Leach is with us. Uh, one, I want to ask you one more about the book, and I have to. I want to get a couple of minutes of baseball with you if I can, Will. Um, I, I, I got, I am a, uh, I'm a father of two now. I got a six year old and three year old boy and it has wrecked me in terms of, I was never that like hardcore to begin with, but now everything leaves me soft. I am the softest human being that exists on the face of the planet. Will I end up crying reading how lucky because everything makes me cry now when it involves kids. I, I certainly hope it is emotional, uh, for people, but, uh, I don't want it to, you know, it's certainly... A lot of this has all come from, again, you know, the, the book was inspired by my son's best friend, who is 10 years old, has spinal mus- muscular atrophy, has, uses a wheelchair. Now, he's in a little better shape than my protagonist because there's a drug called Spinraza right now that's really helped out a lot of, a lot of these kids now that, my, my, that Daniel in my story didn't have access to when he was young. But certainly, you know, there is uh, – uh, it's fun. One of the things I wanted to do was to show that, like, these kids – like. There's nothing different about them at all. They're just as snarky and funny and and silly as everything else. And I'll put it this way. I play. I'm the same way. I get very soft about my kids. And I'll have you know, I have played Miller, my my son's friend who has SMA, in Madden, and I've never beat him. So I have uh, that will make you less. That makes me less soft. Every time I see Miller, I don't feel sympathy or sadness. I feel 
deep irritation that he's totally smoked me. <laughs> Wait, do you end up? You don't end up trash talking him, do you? I kind of hope. That oh, of course, <laughs> you, of course, we're kind of loud. It's my fault. I'm an Arizona Cardinal fan. I keep picking Arizona, and uh, he he's, he always takes Brady because why not? And then he and then I get then I get crushed. I would like to think that having Kyler would help you in Madden it's a little nice. bit. Yeah, I would like to think that. All right, anyway, I'm not a, good at it. That's the problem. Not a great sign. <laughs> not a great problem. sign. Will Leach, not a great sign. All right, um, uh, we've got this conundrum in Baltimore, which is uh, John Means is unbelievable. Like he's un like we all like John Means. We could have never seen this coming from John Means. He's he's pitching like he's you know he's Jacob Degrom. Like he's he's Gary Cole. Like he's the best pitcher in baseball right now. Another six shutout innings last night. But the Orioles are still a few years away, and there's this possibility that you could deal him and get a lot at the deadline. But if you do that, you're sort of reminding your fan base, hey, no, we're not close, and anything that you might enjoy, we're going to take away from you at a time where there's been a lot of that. So what do you do if you're the Baltimore Orioles right now and you have this thing that is giving people joy at a time where so little has given people joy about the Baltimore Orioles in the last few years? Yeah, it's tough, and it's tough too because you know the, the team that I think that uh, in the good ways anyway that the Orioles have been modeled around a little bit are the Astros, and they wrote they actually rode both sides of this as well. Remember, like Dallas Keuchel was a part of them for a long time, and like he he actually got through. A lot of people kept at that time were saying, "Well, you've got to trade him, you've got to trade him and get stuff back for him," and they didn't. He turned out to be a key part to the team. On the other hand, yes, that's quite an asset. I think the advantage that frankly the Orioles have in this, and the Orioles fans have. I think the people running this do know what they're doing. <laughs> and I think that I think that's that frankly is something that I don't know, you tell me, but doesn't feel like it's maybe always been the case <laughs> in Baltimore. No, you're so right. It, you're right. I mean, although yeah. I, like I want to be fair. I, the, the Dan Duquette era certainly bore right. more fruit than we than we initially right. realized that it did. Um, and he was the one that drafted John Means for what it's worth. So it's yeah. been the last decade has largely been pretty good in that department. Um, obviously the previous decade was was right, not right. bad. <laughs> yeah, and like it, it would, I would say that like, listen, if they are overwhelmed with the deal, they're, they're, like this is a big question, right? The question is not so much are they going to do the trade. Is a it's really, hey, how much does public relations matter? Mm-hmm. How much is is credibility with the fan base who are loving this? Remember, there was a time where like, hey, would they have to trade Mancini at some point? And just the emotions involved in doing something like that would be hard to kind of wrap your mind around. I, it does feel to me that they there is enough progress that's been being made, and I think a lot of optimism. Because I think you know, I, I have a good friend here who's a diehard Orioles fan. He was kind of taken aback a little bit, almost emotionally, with how much he reacted to means as no hitter, yep. and how much it really affected him in a way that I think surprised him. And one of the things we were talking about was because it just feels different with where the Orioles are right now. Like it's not that they're they're, they're not going to win the division, they're not going to make the playoffs. We, I think everybody knows that, but it's not like this happened. In like at in mid August of a season that you were going to lose 116 games and there was no hope. I mean, there is something attached to some hope for the Orioles right now, and I think that you're seeing these little signs of okay, that's better than before. Okay, I like where they're going with this. I to me, I think it will be really interesting to see what the man- management does, how much they value that. I think. A smart management team, and the Astros did this as well. They recognized at a certain level they'd had enough success that public relations did matter, and and, have, and having like goodwill with the fan base did matter. That, that said, if they get an overwhelming offer for means that they can't turn down, 
I think the fan base will be like, wow, that's an overwhelming offer for me that we can't turn down. Yeah. I think I think I think sometimes the fan base doesn't get enough credit for being able to recognize those sort of things as well. I think you're right about that. I I don't know. It, it's 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 fragile, man. Like I think a lot of people sign up and say, "Hey, I'm I'm on board. I know what we're doing. I understand it." And then you ask them again a year later, and they're like, "Right, no, I didn't really want it to take five years. <laughs> you know, like I really, yeah. I, I thought we could do this in a year and be on with it, and we'd be excited about prospects." I think. Listen, there were stories in the there were some stories in the Chicago Tribune in 2014. Yeah. Saying. Hey, when's Theo Epstein going to get this going? Right. Like, we have waited long enough. You can find them there, out there. Yep. So the idea, so I get it. I get that they're as frustrated. It's natural. It's hard to watch your team lose a lot and then have, I, I totally understand that. But, like, they're, the mistake is getting off too early. This, that's the New York Knicks mistake they've made for years. They'll start sure. to rebuild a little bit, and then they'll jump off too early, and then they just have to start all over again. And so I think that if there is patience, I know it's hard. I don't. I totally understand. I absolutely get it. But again, it, from an outside perspective, it sure looks like this is a front office that knows what it's doing and, uh, and, and can be trusted until, of course, they then you can stop trusting them entirely because inevitably that's the way it always works. Yeah. Like once they'll start, they're very popular until they actually start winning a little bit, and then it's like, wait, why aren't you winning all the Correct. time? So, Correct, one hundred percent. We're fans. Run one hundred percent. You build the the best Boston Red Sox team of all time, and then a year later you're gone. Um, exactly. So before I let you go, Will, and I always appreciate the time. Where are you with the true outcome nature of baseball and how far baseball has to go with trying to fix it? Like I. I thought I'd hate the extra inning thing. It's my favorite thing ever. If you took it away from me now, I'd be furious because it feels like I'm actually getting baseball now in the extra innings in, instead of the thing that I get for nine innings, which is, hey, we got a runner on first. Let's see if somebody can hit a home run to bring him home. Yeah. Um, where are you with how bad it is for the game that we, we're still – everybody's just swinging for home runs and strikeouts and, and the extent that baseball needs to go to try to do something in order to fix it? Yeah, it's hard because I'm of two minds. On one hand, you know, I'm aware that generally speaking, when you're a baseball fan, uh, if baseball's not the way it was when you first fell in love with baseball, which is say, like, I don't know, between the ages of eight and thirteen, you're always like, why isn't it as good as it used to be? Which to me is a is something in favor of baseball. People always like people are constantly complaining about baseball because they deeply love it, and they always feel like it used to be better than it was because they, because they remember how much they loved it initially. I don't hear a lot of people, you know, saying saying uh, that like, oh wow. Well, you know, football has just changed so much. Well, right. yeah, because you know, there's not that there's not that investment in it. So, I, so I'm wary of the fact that when I was when I was 21, I got really tired of all the baby boomer fans telling me that like, oh, Kid Griffey Jr. is wearing his hat backwards. This is not what baseball is supposed to be. Always aware of that. That's it, 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 you're you're not wrong. I mean, it is really hard. It does feel like efficiency has really kind of attacked the game. And I think you're exactly right about the extra inning thing too, which has gotten lost in that debate. Is like the thing that people were all saying that they want to see about baseball more: runners, getting guys over, excitement, yep. uh, putting the ball in play. That's literally exactly what the extra inning thing is all about. Like I watched the Cardinals game last night and they hit two home runs in, the, in extra innings, and it felt like this weird anomaly. Like, oh right, you can do that too. Right, <laughs> and I think right, that's good. That's I think right. that I think that's that's very good. Now, I would not recommend putting a runner on second in every inning. But what I'm my, what I'm saying is that I do feel there are little tweaks here or there, and I find it telling that a lot of the same people that are claiming 
oh, now, well, the game is too slow. We're not getting enough activity, are also the ones saying, oh, we don't like this extra inning rule. Like, it feels like I'm always really careful of recognizing complaining for just because people love to complain about baseball. And I think there should be something, there needs to be some excitement put in there. But I'm also, I'm really wary of, of this idea that baseball is just this dull, boring game right now. Like, I would argue the culture has changed a little bit, and also it is different. Than, like, I grew up watching the 1980s Cardinals, where they, run, they ran like crazy, and it was so much fun, and it was all this stuff. If baseball played, that, there's no way they would play baseball right now, and it wouldn't be a better game if they played baseball right now. So I think there's got to be some sort of combination between things. It's hard, but... Uh, I think there's solutions out there. It's still a pretty awesome game. We we could talk about this for hours, and I, I wish we could, Will, but I know you got a million more of these to do. At William F. Leach on Twitter, of course, How Lucky is the book? You can get it right now, and we've linked up to it at Glenn Clark Radio. Will, congratulations, man. I can't wait to dive into the book. Thank you so much, as always, for taking time for us this morning. Of course. Will Leach, love him. Um, he's one of my favorite guests over the years. Always appreciate our conversations. Um, obviously he's a, he's a, a diehard baseball guy. We all know that about Will. He's always been that way. Uh, big Cardinals fan and appreciate him taking the time to chat with us this morning. Um, it's interesting. It's a compelling argument. Would, would Orioles fans have faith that if, if the, if what the offer was for means was so overwhelming, they'd be able to say, okay, you had to do it. You know, a percentage of them probably would. Right, there's always going to be a subsect that won't and there's, be able to lend any credence to the idea that the minor leaguers will be worth what you're giving away. Correct. And by the way, they might not be. They might right. not be. But in, on paper, somebody... If, somebody would say, oh, we got baseball five people said, top 100 right, prospects. Like you, you had to. You had to make this deal. It's so overwhelming. Then a percentage of the fan base would say, yeah, we get it. We get it. It sucks, but we get it. You had to. That's not. It's It's not even... A percentage of the fan base is always going to be okay with the idea, mm-hmm. right? A percentage of the group that would otherwise and have been upset. And I think the question is, how big of a group are we talking about? Because I still think that the majority of the fan base is... Understanding? No, irre- it's irrelevant right now. They're just not there. They're not, they were excited that John Means threw a no-hitter, but it didn't get them to tune in the next night. That they're Did it still- get them to tune in last night? I don't think I don't think it got I don't think it changed drastically. Maybe a couple more, but I don't think it changed drastically. I don't think if that had been a home game that you suddenly see. Well, I mean, this is difficult right. to judge this because you can't have that many people. I don't think that it's the difference between ten thousand people in a normal situation and thirty thousand people in a normal situation. Now, could it be the difference in ten and sixteen? That's possible. Like that's that's plausible that there's a bit more interest because of John Means specifically coming directly off a no-hitter. Mm-hmm. The next time out, would that be the case? I don't know. Yeah, you know like Jim I mean? Palmer like, tweets about him before the game. I hear and, you, right? right? That there is, there, there's something there, but with a very specific portion of the Orioles fan base, I don't know that it is broadened. Right. I don't know how big this Venn diagram is. Exactly right. So that's, I do think that's, that's, that's relevant. All right, quickly, Would You Rather Wednesday, number one, brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Would you rather the boss comes to you, says you're back in the office, but conference in Vegas, we're all going out there from Labor Day through the Ravens game. Or back in the office, no Vegas, but, I mean, you could go on your own if you like, but we're taking care of your gas for the next month. We will literally drive it to your house and deliver it to you. It sounds swell, the gas thing, but I think I'd only fill up at most two times in a month. Two times in a month? Yeah. I got a, I got a hybrid. Oh, okay. 
Look at you. It's like 31, you. 31 32 miles a gallon. Must be nice. That's Must be nice. It is nice. Yeah. And so in that sense, I'll take the trip and just have a good time, you know? Yo, I, I, if this, if the gas thing is going to be like this, I can't believe I we're doing it. I still don't know it. what if to this expect. Is, I gotta go if this is so. what we're dealing with, and I think that's part of the struggle people right. are having is we're not really thinking about this. Like, we're just sort of assuming, like, ah, this isn't going to really. Be too bad. Yeah. If this is what we're dealing with, like, apparently right now. Did you see the guy filling up garbage bags? Yes, I saw that. How that's dumb is that? Correct. There, 70% of gas stations in North Carolina are currently out of gas. We're in Maryland. I understand that. It's working. It's coming up. It started in Georgia. It's coming this way. Yeah, but we're in Maryland. I, thank you, Kyle. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. 70% are out of gas. Uh-uh. I ain't messing around with this. Is this like a post-apocalyptic sort of thing? I'm, it could become that. <laughs> it could become that in a heartbeat. Most of you are choosing Vegas. I get it. I completely get what you're saying. I don't think you're fully diving into what could be ahead of us in terms of the I'll gas know later problem. today just how upset I'll be. I got to get gas at some point. I got a third of a tank left. I'm, I'm, I got to get it sooner than later based on what I'm understanding. Well, I'm going to have to get gas by the weekend. <laughs> by the weekend, I will have had to have filled up. I, I filled up on you got Sunday. That ga- you got that Hummer. You're always yeah, guzzling right. gas. Feeling good. It felt good about that <laughs> yeah. decision. At one point, I brought, uh, bought a Commander, right? I, know, I remember and it was because I was hitting so many, or I was there were so many deer. The deer are yeah, such an like, issue I up by be me. The one doing damage. Yeah, correct. That I was like, I'm, I'm not dealing with this anymore. About to have kids. I'm getting a vehicle in which, if that deer comes, that deer is gonna feel very sorry for messing with me. That was the strategy that I had when I got that commander. And then I got a job in D.C. What an American ideal that is. Bro, you live up by me and tell me that's not one of the biggest concerns that <laughs> I, you have. I don't live up by you, so I that's don't That's why I'm saying. I've come only, live up I've by only me. been in a car that hit a deer one time Understand. Actually, it I is, was in the car behind the car that hit the deer. It is overwhelming. Yeah. It is a rampant problem that I deal with. When They're, I invited they, Bradley Bozeman to come shoot up some deer at my house, I'm not kidding. kidding. I, know. I were, would like desperately for him to come shoot up all the deer at my house. They started to uh, habitate the area around my parents' house, Dude, which is like, in Baltimore. More city. control how much of a problem it was, but not enough that it was worth yeah, the, gas. the insane difference that I was dealing with in gas. So, yeah, I'll take Vegas, though. All right. Um, uh, yeah, John, John from Little Rocks, we're down in Arkansas. We're good. We got nothing to worry yeah, about. What is that yeah, all about? Go Why is it only the East Coast? Because it's this specific pipeline that affects... Well, like from here to here, man. That's the, saved way up so much gasoline. Love the way it goes. It's all buried underground. All right. Uh, we'll come back in and we will chat with Patrick Stevens about the first round of the NCAA lacrosse tournament. That's on the way. We are in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio Press Box. Today's program brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. It's Glenn Clark Radio. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401 
888-900-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce silver anniversary New York strip steak, the smoky thigh wings, a double bacon and cheddar burger, the strip steak sandwich, barbecue chicken bowl, and their silver anniversary turtle cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's silver anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A- financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit, and after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Window Nation, the perfect fit. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. Adam Cole. How are you guys doing today? Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ. Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio. 21st Century Talk Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. GlennClarkRadio.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4 available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. I should probably jot down some notes about that hybrid model. Might want to look into that myself moving forward. Joining us now, as he does every Wednesday, U.S. Lacrosse Magazine, at Discourse on Twitter. He is our friend, Mr. Patrick Stevens. He's with us here on GCR. Good morning, sir. How are you? I am doing well, and you? I'm all right. I, I see uh, our friend Todd Bozeman has landed a gig. Yes, Todd Bozeman named an assistant coach at Rhode Island today. That's awesome. Uh, under David Cox, uh, who played at William & Mary, has, has deep DMV ties, uh, and has been up at Rhode Island for, for several years now, first as an assistant to Dan Hurley. And I think now through three years, it's two or three years anyway, that he's been the head coach there in Kingston. So Bose is, Bose is back, and I'm, I'm sure you'll 
you'll wind up having a conversation I, with him sometime sooner rather than later. I do not hide from the fact uh, I am uh, I am not impartial. I'm a Todd Bozeman guy. I've made that very clear over the years. One of my uh, favorite people, and I'm very happy for him. It's a great thing, and um, have really enjoyed his second act as a uh, ba- basketball coach and uh, and a man and a leader of men. It's been remarkable to see. All right, uh, let's talk about the tournament. I guess let's start with I, 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 nothing about the actual selection was all that surprising to me. I'm going to guess it wasn't all that surprising to you either. No, I mean, I, I think you could see how a number of things could happen. Um, you know, I thought that the committee would probably sort of go down the middle with Maryland's seating and, and, and just sort of take a, a middle road there with a two-seed. I don't have a huge issue with them being the number three seed, given what we know and what we don't know, and the information that is and isn't ava- and is not available based on a conference-only schedule. Uh, Loyola getting in, you could see it as a possibility. I thought that there might be some concern with the the positive test yep. um, that they had late Saturday into Sunday. Um, you know, I, I think the one thing that stands out to me, and, and I thought Syracuse was going to be relatively safely in, as in there would be two other at-large teams that would get in after the Orange. And to hear that, that the last spot, the last spots came down to Loyola, Army, and Syracuse, and if you, you look at the way the bracket's constructed, it's not a leap to say that the last spot came down to Syracuse and Army. And for Syracuse to get in under those conditions, given how they were evaluated, and the fact that they lost at home by seven to Army, yep is a bit of a puzzler, I, I think I think it's fair to say. So, so, so but it, how much is that mitigated by the other team that has two wins over Virginia? Like the, I mean, that's exactly what right. it is. I mean, that's, it, no, no matter where Syracuse was going to get slotted, the reason they would be in the field is that they beat Virginia twice. Yep. Like, that, that is the only reason that they're in the field. Uh, if you're Army, you obviously can sit there and say, well, maybe you should have scored more than four goals against Navy. Maybe you should have beaten Loyola in, 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 the, in the Patriot League semifinals. But, you know, I, I'm sympathetic to the folks at West Point that, w- that would say, well, if you just pick the team that, that we beat by seven at their place, no matter when it happened, uh, and it was back in, in late, late February when that game was played. But, you know, what, what more do you want at that point? I mean, if, if it's coming down to those two spots, especially in this particular year, where the there are limited data points to make effective comparisons, that's a pretty effective data point to use. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just uh, that that I think if we're sitting there saying is there something that's surprising, that's surprising to me based on the other evaluations that are in here. So you know, that having been said, I, I was I'll also admit I was a bit surprised that Rutgers was more comfortably in the field. Than it turned out, than it, than it turned out to be. That like seemed I, to me like they come, come hell or high water, a second Big Ten team was getting in, and I, I wonder if Hopkins had won on Saturday night, if that would have been what bumped Rutgers out. So. Uh, I I do wonder the same thing. I mean, we'll never know because we we won't know what that bracket would have looked like and what the explanation for that bracket, right. that alternate reality bracket, if you will. Um, but you know, there was part of me. And we were sitting, we were sitting here Friday night, kind of looking at everything, thinking, you know, it's going to be one at large out of the Big Ten, one out, one at large out of the Patriot, um, and that's a kind of cynical way to look at it. Uh, it worked out that way. I don't think that is specifically how 
the decisions were made. Uh, but but I do kind of wonder whether or not it was just easier all around to say, okay, this this team's eight and two, eight and three, and after the loss to Hopkins, um, and let's just you know put him in. And, and the other thing here too is you know it, it, this is a fairly popular team to see in the field right now. I mean, Rutgers has had so many close calls on the wrong side of things on Selection Sundays in the past. If anybody was due a good break on a Selection Sunday, it was Brian Brexton. So, you know, good for the Scarlet Knights getting in. Now they head down to Charlottesville, which is the site of their last NCAA tournament victory, which was back in 1990. So it could be a a couple ends of droughts here for Rutgers lacrosse. Uh, in a span of about a week. He's Patrick Stevens. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Let's talk about the two local teams that are in. Uh, we'll begin with Loyola, who's obviously playing their best lacrosse and put together three really good results. If we assume that everything's okay, what kind of chance do they have to go out and beat Denver? I think they've got a decent chance. I mean, you look at what Denver did over the course of the regular season, and, you know, they got hammered by North Carolina. They played Duke really tough. In the first game of this, they're not there. It was Duke's first game. It was Denver's second because they actually played a game in January, um, and they lost two out of three to Georgetown. They lost a couple one-goal games to Georgetown and beat Georgetown by six. So those are their high-end results, and you know, they picked off Villanova a couple times. One was close, and one wasn't. And there's really not any other results in there that are particularly meaningful for the Pioneers. Um, they've got pieces. Uh, They've got the biggest defensive player of the year in Colin Squires. They've got an excellent face-off combination in Alex Despakis and T.D. Erlin, who, you know, might remember him from yeah. Albany and Yale. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's good. They've got Jackson Morrill, another guy who played most of his career at Yale on attack, along with Ethan Walker. And, and they've got one of the best midfielders in the country in Jack Hanna. So you know, they are their top. the top of their roster is pretty well stacked. And I didn't even mention Danny Logan, who's probably the best short stick defensive midfielder in the country. But like you say, Loyola's playing better. It is a game at altitude. It is a game on Denver's home field. Uh, So, you know, the deck is stacked a little bit against Loyola. But I like Loyola's chances in this game, in this matchup, better than I would have at pretty much any other time of the season, yeah. uh, given how well they played here over the last couple of weeks. Um, is there anything particularly concerning about Vermont in terms of what Maryland faces in week in the first week? You know, it's interesting. Between the fact that they've got some Maryland guys on staff, Chris Spikes played on some of those Dave Cottle teams uh, in the off. He's the head coach. Um, yep. And uh, Jake Bernhardt. The, the, all three Bernhards will be at, on, the, on the same field. That's cool. Um, all, all three Bernhardt brothers is an assistant. Uh, Jake Bernhardt's an assistant coach for the Catamounts. You know they shoot and they shoot and they shoot. They are committed to taking as many shots as they possibly can. I think they're a dangerous bunch. And Maryland traditionally doesn't play particularly well in this game. I mean, you think back to, to some of the games they've had over the years, whether it's with a Bryant or a Robert Morris. You know that they've just kind of slogged through that first-round game, especially when they've been a top two or three seed. Uh, And I think Vermont can give them some problems. In fact, I would argue that there's only one game this weekend that I feel 100% comfortable penciling in a winner for for next week, and that's Carolina against Monmouth. I mean, granted, Duke beat High Point by, it felt like 10 million, but it was really only 19. Uh, And so I I think High Point's going to have some problems, you know, being able to win that game, but that game should be much closer the second time around. 
And I think everywhere else you look, there, there's a chance that things are very interesting, whether it's with Maryland, whether it's with Bryant, which got back um, Mac O'Rourke, uh, who was a guy that, that had myocarditis after a, a, a bout with COVID. He gets, you know, he gets cleared with four games to go. He scores 20 goals. In those four games, they win the NEC tournament, uh, and they're tough. I think Drexel, who's won nine in a row, could give some problems uh, to Notre Dame. I mean, we can go right down the list. Then you start getting into Rutgers-Lehigh, and, and you get into Georgetown-Syracuse and, and Loyola-Denver. And those all, you know, it's not hard to imagine uh, the unseeded team winning those. But to answer your point, yeah, I, I think Vermont can definitely keep things interesting in its first NCAA tournament up here. Uh, what's the one that, you know, somebody's only going to be able to watch one game this weekend <laughs> because they're scheduled. They should definitely be in front of the TV for... Well, the funny thing is, is, is you could go with a boomer bus pick like Georgetown-Syracuse. Yeah. Could be a great game, but Georgetown could just as easily win it by eight because you don't know which version of Syracuse is going to show up on a given day. Uh, you know, I, I actually kind of lean... Uh, you know, I, I would lean towards that Loyola Denver game, quite frankly. Yeah. It's the last game of the, of the of the first round, Sunday night, seven thirty. Uh, I, I think that probably is the best bet out of any of them uh, to be to be close. I mean, Rutgers Lehigh could be, but I don't know if there's the sort of star power that you're really going to get yourself super excited about in that. Um, and, and I don't know whether or not Drexel will be able to score on Notre Dame's defense in sort of that protracted, you know, style that the Irish like to play. And that game, you know, that's a neutral site game, too. So you got four of these neutral site games in the first round, which we usually don't see. Uh, and that's a variable that could change things as well. Speaking of which, one of those neutral site games will be Syracuse-Georgetown in College Park. So in addition to Maryland-Vermont, yeah, I believe there are tickets available if you want to go check out Syracuse-Georgetown as well on Saturday night in College Park. I'm assuming that Patrick Stevens will be in attendance for both of those games this week. That, that, that is the plan, but That's, you know what Kyle Shanahan says. That is a good point. That is a good point. Everybody could be dead at any point. We should probably just keep that in mind. We could all be dead by Sunday. That's the way that it works. Um, all right, Patrick Stevens, let's play our game. Uh, can Patrick Stevens name the play, the teams this particular MLB player has played for? Uh, like uh, I've been doing recently, a very difficult uh, five-team. Actually, it's a, I believe it's a seven-team guy. And then an easy four-team guy I've got for you. They're both pitchers. Okay. Um, we begin this, – it's a seven-team guy, and this is borderline comical. I mean, it one, there is a one-start stop. Involved in okay. one of these, but there's a few that there's a few of these teams that I think you're going to remember from this list. One-time All-Star um, was certainly someone who had a lot of attention on him when he arrived. He is Chanho Park, and he is the first name on our list. Chanho Park, good gosh. Uh, well, he was obviously a dot. Of course, right? yep. And am I remembering him? Did he get a contract with the Red Sox at some point? No, not the Red Sox. He did not. No. Okay, no. Um. Yeah, this one's a little tougher. Wow, um, I th I thought I I thought there were Texas. a couple. Of... He was in Texas. Yes, right? Texas for a, a prolonged uh, period of time. He was there for four years. Okay. Um. Was he uh, Was he in San Diego? He was in San Diego for two seasons. Okay. Um. You know because because everybody. Um, everybody with a live arm ended up with the Yankees at some of point. Of course Chan Ho Park ended up with the Yankees, Patrick. Of course he did. Um, am I vaguely recalling him as a Philly? Of course like you're recalling him as a Philly. This is why I thought you would do okay on Chan Ho Park. 
So, well, I'm at five. Yes. Oh, it's a victory, 100. percent But I think there's, I think there's one more that you might kick yourself a bit when you when you're when you're told. Okay. Um, did I get the one start spot? No, you did not get the one start spot yet. Okay. Well, that that's if I'm gonna miss one. Yes, that I mean, one's, I, that I, one's I, a good I one feel, to miss. I agree. I, I I feel justified in that. Am am I ever so vaguely remembering him? Uh, signing with the Rockies. No, not with the Rockies. Well, I mean, maybe he signed with the Rockies. I don't know, but he definitely never appeared with the Rockies. So I thought you would get Pittsburgh, which was his stop at the end of his career. I thought you would get that one. And then the one-start stop, I actually thought you might luck into – he made one start with the New York Mets as well okay. in 2007. And I don't so, know how live his arm was when he was the Yankees. It was 2010, for what it's worth. So. Yeah, it might not have been that live at that point. But it was live at some point. Yeah, no and doubt. so because of that, yeah. It was, no. live, it was live enough to give up two grand slams to the original Fernando. That's right, in, in one inning. In one, They left him out there for the second one. And wasn't he also, didn't he uh, groove the pitch to Cal Ripken in the All-Star he game sure as did. well? Seattle. 100%. Uh, that was his only all-star appearance, in fact. All right, and then the other one, uh, Hall of Famer. Give me the four teams for the great Jack Morris. Jack Morris, Detroit. Yep. Minnesota. Uh-huh. Toronto. Yep. And Cleveland. There you go, four for four on Jack Morris. I do not have any recollection of Jack Morris as an Indian, by the way. Does not, I don't remember it whatsoever. Like, like the Indians in the, in the mid-'90s, like, they had, like, a surplus of guys that, that felt like they were 55 years old between him or Hershiser field and Murray. Oh yeah. That didn't Hersh- didn't Hershiser end up in, in Cleveland for Hershiser a minute. Yeah. Was there too. I mean, it, it felt like they had, it felt like they had three or four of those guys on the roster every year. No doubt. And then there were the guys that just felt in the bullpen that just felt like that they'd been around forever, even if they hadn't been. Like an Eric Plunk. I was going to say Paul, Paul Shuey. Paul Shuey like felt like he was in Cleveland for an eternity. I, I, <laughs> that name has stayed with me forever. And and I'm my, and me, and me and Mrs. Shuey are the only ones that care about it whatsoever. All right. Uh, uh, College Park this weekend for the two games. At Discourse, D1S Course on Twitter. That's where you follow him. Patrick Stevens, appreciate it, sir. We'll talk to you again next Wednesday, all right? Awesome. Take care. Patrick Stevens joining us as he does every week here on GCR. Hour number one is in the books. It was also brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com for a free analysis. Drew Forrester is going to join us next. Still to come today, Jacoby Jones, Ryan McNulty from Loyola, and you know, Rick will call the Preakness. It's all on the way. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. The annual MIAA Lacrosse Championships are coming live to Anne Arundel County for the first time ever. The MIAA Lacrosse Championships feature some of the nation's top lacrosse programs as well as the future stars of the game. Join us Tuesday, May 18th and Friday, May 21st at the Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis, Maryland. Tickets are on sale now. To learn more, go to MIAAChampionships.com. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. 
Hey, this is your guy, Chris Rulin from Great Eights Memorabilia, coming to you to talk about Baltimore Celeb Fest. 50 wrestlers at Benfield Sports Center on Saturday, May 15th from 11 till 3. We will be there with the Great Eights stable with the Murder Hawk Monster, Lance Archer, the Machine, Brian Cage, the beautiful people, Angelina Love, Velvet Sky, Matt Seidel, Flip Gordon, Tessa Blanchard, Diamante. You can meet all eight of them for only 200 bucks. All the details at GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. It's GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. Also, we have great private signings coming up with John Harbaugh, Anquan Bolden, Jonathan Ogden, and more. That's GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. Remember, be great. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand, carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles top Orioles pitcher John Means and the role new pitching coach Chris Holt is taken with Means and the entire organization. Inside, Matt Kremnitzer reflects on Nick Markakis's career and Bo Smolka looks at what to expect from the Ravens' 2020 draft class in their second season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. Back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio Press Box. Continue to get me your sponsors for Would You Rather Wednesday, brought to you by Glory Days Grill. And today's show is also brought to you by KNS Automotive in Hamden. For over 40 years, KNS has been restoring, repairing, and maintaining foreign and domestic vehicles with a focus on exceptional workmanship and quality customer service. Everything from something as simple as an oil change to major body work, they've got you covered. 410 235 6660. KNSimports.com. It's K and S Automotive. KNSimports.com. Is he there? Hello, Drew Forrester. How are you, sir? He's not there. 
He is? Is he is he talking? He is there. Are we unmuted? You're not unmuted. Your mic's not unmuted. I'm unmuted. Oh. Oh, okay. But he is there. I see him. I'm looking at him. Okay. Does he know that we're talking to him? He yeah, might you're, you're, only you're messed up, but I'm here now. Hey, hello. How are you? Everything good? I'm fine, but you guys were you guys weren't doing it right. Oh, you you think you think this one's on us, is what you're saying. You think we didn't hit a button or something? I, that's what I did. I hit a button for you. Oh, okay. Well, that's nice of you. But I saw the prompts yeah. on the screen read when that happened. Drew Forrester is connected to audio. Mm, mm. So it sounds like maybe it wasn't our fault. Well, I mean, look, I'm not here to place blame on anybody. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just here to talk sports. Uh, since when? Since when were you here to talk sports? I brought you into this world, young man. I can take you right yeah, out of you're it. Not my, you're, not, you're not my father. I'm not going to call you dad. Don't Stop me. that. Don't All right. that. Your, All right. second, your second day on the job, you were canned. Yeah, that's right. I was. That was a fact. And I was getting ready to hop back in the car and drive right back into the desert. I was like, all right, well, I got a nice little drive out to Baltimore for a day, but right back on to Arizona. Second day, no show. No doubt. All right. Uh, do you care at all whether they let this horse run on Saturday or not? No, no. Um, but I I would care if the trainer showed up. Okay. Why do you Why do you care about that, but not the other thing? Well, because the horse didn't take it himself. I understand, but they the horse still took it. Well, he didn't know he was taking. I it. understand that. I'm not trying to say that he know that it's his fault. I'm just trying to say the the horse is still the one that's going to run, is the one that you know, apparently was using something that they weren't supposed to be using. I'm going to borrow a line from the old days in baseball, dude. All those horses are on steroids. All right, fair enough. That's where you're at. And by the way, you're probably right about that. Unfortunately, which is the terrible part about the entire thing. I when I read the thing where Baffert said that the groomsmen peed in the hay I mean, one that, time I, it was and just... the cough syrup. Uh, I mean, like you didn't you didn't have something better prepared. Why wasn't okay. why wasn't the second excuse the first excuse? You you've been they by the way they they've been chasing after you for a decade or probably longer. Right. And everyone in the business knows how shady you are and this was the one that It's the first after, thing. That's the first thing a, you came up with. The first a, thing. <laughs> yes. Correct. After a decade of getting harangued about injecting your horses with various you know PDs or whatever those horses take this was what you came up with oh i'm it's it's unbelievable i mean it's absolutely unbelievable that's what he and had the, and, for and then the worst part and i'm you know i'm not this is not meant to make it into a political discussion but then the cancel culture oh, oh god i, I mean, mean which which is which is why a cancel culture has jumped the shark what it is now is just I know what I can do. Just throw out cancel culture. Like, right. hey, did you, hey, did you murder that guy? Oh, you're just that's just cancel culture. That's all right, it right. is. Like, right. Like, was that you selling a bunch of heroin down in the street corner? Yeah, cancel cancel culture run amok again here. Right. right. <laughs> like, so he's really struggling, and you know, give him as someone noted in my on my website the other day, at least give him a morsel of credit in that he isn't apparently unless he does the Bobby Valentine thing right. he's apparently not going to show up and he didn't fight it he just said oh you know what but, that, but how does that really impact Bob Baffert and he kind of did fight it a lot like, also. like so he so well, he doesn't no, he, he could get on an airplane today and fly out here and say 
hey, I'm I'm showing off. I mean, I, I give him, I do give him that much. But, a little but bit. wouldn't somebody say this is kind of the coward's way out? Like you're not coming to face the music, you're not showing up where the media is, you're not showing up where there's going to be scrutiny on you. You're well, kinda, maybe you're I mean, hiding well, out. He would say he's not showing up to distract. Right, that's from... what he's going to say. That's what but he said. right, he, he did, and, and it and here's the deal: it would be a distraction. Uh, uh, no doubt, it would be a distraction. Yeah, I mean, it no... would be the, it would be. The story of the race, and he also knows. But it's also, no matter, but it's gonna be the story of the race no matter what. Like this is the only thing anybody cares about now, related to the like this. Right. How name, many horses are in the race, by the way? Ten. 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 Name ten. another horse. Um, Skydriver, Skywalker, whatever that. Yeah, no, that, you, was you, that was the one that won last year. Never mind. Swiss <laughs> Skydiver. This is that. You know what? You're right about that. This is the point. Is this is it? Like this is the only thing related to the Preakness that anybody gives a rat's ass about. Are, is, as, are people allowed in the stands? Uh, some, a small number of people. I don't. Okay. There's no infield, but um, but there's some. Uh, is there the, are some um, is our friend calling it today or not? Oh yeah, he's checking in with us in a few minutes. He's gonna join us. Oh no. Yeah. We're Why do you do this? Because it's, it's what we do. You you act like you didn't keep it alive for a decade yeah, and a half I was, yourself. I was immature and okay. and going going down the drain. You're you're still trying to make a name for yourself. No, I'm not. You think I you think I haven't? Drew, I've been off the radio for seven years. I've given up. Like, okay. this is just, I can't, I, I live on a farm now, and my wife's not moving, so I have to have a job. That's what this right. is. But doesn't your wife have a lot of money? No, not not as not as much as she thinks she does. <laughs> <laughs> it's the eternal problem that I deal so, with in my life. She so, thinks, um, she, my, my wife thinks, she, my wife, the, the disparity between the amount of money my wife thinks she has and what she actually has is right. similar to disparity between how much the NFL thinks I care about the Cowboys and how much I actually care about the Cowboys. Right. That's, right, right. that's the like difference. The, the rest of the country. Correct. Um, did Loyola, so Loyola made the tournament, right? <laughs> yes, they made the tournament. They're and playing. Was, that a, was that a gift or did they deserve to No, they, they were the only. Of the teams that were left, because they were able to avenge the Navy and Army losses and beat them, they had the because that was even at that point. The, the teams they were up against were Navy and Army. Um, they they had the best win of all of them because they beat Georgetown. So if it like Army Army's Army's argument is about Syracuse. It's not about Loyola. They don't have an argument yeah. with Loyola, but they have an argument with Syracuse because they beat Syracuse, right? So if you're Army, you're like, hey, we 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 beat that team. Why are they in? But on paper, Syracuse beat Virginia twice, and Army's not got their best win was a was Syracuse. So it's the so Loyola would have clobbered Lehigh in the final. I don't know that that's true either, only because okay. Lehigh has the best faceoff specialist in the country. Okay. Um, so Lehigh's Lehigh's interesting. Lehigh's really interesting. They're not okay. they're not great, but they keep the ball so damn much that it's hard to beat them. So I don't know that they would have clobbered them. I I think they would have had a chance. Um, but I don't know that they would have won. But at, at that point, the result on Sunday wasn't going to matter one way or the other. Because they did what they had to do, they avenged the two teams that they beat them that they would have been up against, and they had okay. the best win of everybody. Okay. So Sunday okay. wasn't really going to matter that much for Loyola, other than to get to say they were Patriot League champions, which they don't get to say. And hopefully, they kicked the kid off the team who got COVID. Uh, I I, I don't even know if that actually. I think we might have found out later that was a false positive. <laughs> that oh. on top of everything else, it wasn't oh. even that wasn't even legit. Oh. I think we found that out later, unfortunately. All right. Um, so let, let's handle oh, a few. Who's going to win, by the way? Maryland? I don't think so. No, I don't think. Oh. I mean, but it's tough because I just I, I think they are. Yeah, we did a draft, <laughs> and Kyle needs them to win. It's do, tough. Do, did they lose in the season? 
No, they didn't lose, but they didn't play. You know, like they only played the Big Ten teams. Yeah, they thought they all stink, right? Right, and so that's the tough part. And they and they struggled the last two times they played Hopkins, who wasn't really all that good. Look, did I, Hopkins win half their games? No, not even, not not close. Had, like, yeah, four wins, right? Yes, correct. Um, so I like Maryland's really good, and they've got a chance. Bernhardt's the best player in the country. I mean, he's unbelievable. The things that he can do. They got a good goalie. They they got well, a lot going. For him. What's that? He won two Masters. Yeah, you nailed it. Exactly right. Burn, yeah, you know, very what well we done, expect? sir. Yeah. Very well done. <laughs> Why are we talking lacrosse? What the hell happened to you? Why are we talking lacrosse? We should talk about the exciting thing that's going on, which is the NFL schedule. Uh, I hear I hear you're going to Vegas. Trying to. Trying to get organized. Trying to get a trip out there with some golfers if anybody wants to go. Um, so, you know, I, it's going to be hot no matter when you go, but that's kind of a good time of year, I think, you know. Um, first game, there'll be a little extra pizzazz to it, so it'll be fun. All right. So, what if people want to yeah. go? What's the deal? What's what, what's the story? Just, um, send me an email, eighteen in a row at gmail dot com. Okay, and it, but I I think it's like a it's a golf trip. It's not just a football yeah, yeah. trip, right? It's, oh no, it's a, it's all golf. There's no football. I mean, right? You're not even you're not even gonna. Yeah, yeah there's, <laughs> we're not even going to the game. <laughs> well, this is a true story. I took sixteen people to Nashville. What would that have been? Four years ago, it was the game that the Ravens lost, kind of, sort of late. Oh yeah, yeah. Was that four? Um, years? Was that really four years ago? I feel like right. it was four years ago, and took sixteen guys. Four of them didn't go to the football game. They were just down there for the golf. That's and for Nashville and for golf. right. And well, for, that was also the year they kneeled, and there was some issues oh, with that. Yeah, sure. so that might have been seventeen. Uh, that would have been no. That would have been Lamar's rookie year. That would have been eighteen, right? No, it was Flacco was playing. I know, but like, but but eventually, oh, eventually oh. Lamar started playing. Well, when did they take a knee? In eighteen or seventeen? I think it was eighteen. I think it was eighteen. Yeah, it was 18. Okay, it so was 18. so yeah, so it was that year, and four of the guys didn't go to the game. Well, I mean, they were in Nashville. Just scout the it was, there's worse places to be, I guess. One hundred percent. Yeah, right. I'm not pretty sure if you had taken that trip to Cincinnati, they would have ended up going to the game. Somebody, I mean, look, somebody would. We might all have a special interest in Nashville in a couple of years. Who knows? Oh, stop it. Would you stop it? Oh, Jesus. Well, they're getting the athletics, actually. So I think they are, right? I don't know if they're getting the athletics. Everybody's talking about Vegas, um, but th- there's a weird thing going on where Vegas just bo- dumped a ton of money into their AAA stadium. And so there's there's like a question as to whether or not there's any way to like retrofit that so it can become a major league stadium. I have no idea how that would work. And then if if it can't, do they have the ability to build an entire new stadium in the coming years in Vegas? I don't know. Portland's still heavy. If anyone does, you'd think it's Vegas, right? Right. You would think you would think so, but they've just they built a, a football stadium and a and a basketball arena in the last couple of years. I don't know that they have an unending amount of money they can keep building on. They're one of the only people that feels that they can get it though. I mean, I hear you. I think Portland's heavy in play. I, I still like my gut tells me that they stay in the Bay Area, whether that's because somebody in Oakland gets their ass together and says, all right, fine, let's get this done. Why couldn't they play semi-sort of temporarily in San Francisco? Well, that was what Major League Baseball suggested they do. They suggested okay. you both play in San Francisco until that gets figured out. And I There's no chance the Oakland thing ever gets done, right? I get it. Well, it's been 15 I don't think years. So. They don't have, it's too, the place is too small for that kind of money to be thrown around to build a facility that you're only going to, you know, only, but you're going to use for, ba- you know, 81 times right. a year. 
Well, I mean, they're but they're talking about revitalizing an entire yeah, part of like, town and by what else doing does Oakland it. Have right, like, right. If you if you lose the athletics, right. I mean, I, I don't I don't know what you have at that point. I really don't. I mean, you're still you're still where MC Hammer came from, so you got, got that right, you yeah. got that going for you, which is yeah, nice. right, right, right. Um, um, yeah, but Nashville or Charlotte would be what I would assume, right? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, Nashville's the one place where they've been like openly pushing. There's there's an investor group there that's been pushing. Well, by the way, then you got to realign. Yeah, but that's not that hard either because you can just move Kansas City to the west and. Okay. Yeah, you know, like, you're right. Like, I mean, somebody would would say you're gonna move another central team. The Texas teams are in the west already, and they're in central right. time zone. I mean, it, right. Right. it it sucks. Like, it's it's not. It's I'm sure it's unpleasant. For folks in Texas that have to watch a lot of nine o'clock baseball games throughout the course of the year, I bet they don't enjoy that a great deal. But it's what you do. I mean, we're used to it at this point. Maybe you say to all the West Coast teams, "Hey, you have to start starting your games at six thirty. Like we're right. not. You're, there won't be seven o'clock games anymore on the West Coast. You have to have all the games start if they involve a Central Time Zone team at six thirty. But I mean, I, I think that's how you handle that, and I don't think it's that right. big of a deal. Uh, Drew Forrester is with us. Drew's MorningDish.com. Um, do you have any thoughts at all that? We've we've been spending the last few days talking about the John Means thing, just because I, I'm not suggesting that the Orioles should be in the market to trade him for the sake of trading him, but we do this every year where you want the players that you want the Orioles to trade are the ones that don't have any value, like that nobody nobody wants Cesar Valdez. No right, one right, wants as right. as Matt Harvey has certainly been better than we thought he was going to be. No one wants him. Nobody wants Matt Harvey, and as nope. much as. No one wants Freddie Gallus. Correct. They 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 could have had all of these guys. They said right. no, and there's no actually. We keep doing this every day. There's no actual trade market for Trey Mancini. Not that people want the Orioles to trade Trey Mancini either, because he just doesn't do anything that anybody doesn't have. There, you have something that has real and serious value, and could land you something overwhelming at the trade deadline, because. He's so good and has so much team control still available that this is a real asset that if you wanted to make a move that landed you potentially three to five legit talents, you could do it. But it's also the first guy that Orioles fans have had a chance to fall in love with that could potentially still be here and be a part of this thing moving forward. So it's complicated. I, I don't know what the answer is, and I know that the answer is really, well, you got to see what the offer is. But I'm not dismissive of the idea the way that some people are, well, you can't do this because what, what a message that would be for your fan base. I, I, I hear you. It would suck, but this is your asset. This is the one that you have that could actually get you something. Well, I think the problem is, and, and I, I, everything you said is right, but the problem is, and go back to the Machado trade, right? The only real piece that was three summers ago, right? Two summers, three summers, no, three summers, yeah, three summers ago. And the only piece that's even remotely, even halfway contributed, and he hasn't even halfway contributed. Right, it's Kramer. Kramer. Yep. And the rest of these guys, but want, but that was an expiring contract. That was. Uh, I get it. I understand. But my answer to this is going to be. If if you're going to move him, the returns have to be a little bit more immediate. Oh, I in in, in my mind, hmm. Hmm. I don't like this idea of moving somebody now, and it takes three years for it to percolate. We've already lost. We already got rid of the Valeric kid. He's gone. 
and the other kid got picked Zach, up on the Zach Pop's gone too. Yes, correct. Five, right. I mean, it. I don't. I've been saying for a while that I don't think trading him is as knee jerk and as automatic as everybody sh- should consider it because I do. I, I I do think it's hard to get these guys. It's hard to get. It's you. You made mention of Mancini. Mancini's a good player. It's not that hard to get those guys. No, not it's at all. Really hard to get this kind of guy. Now, is this an outlier? I mean, sure, maybe, but you're going to know if it's an outlier by September. I mean, if he keeps doing this, remember Bundy had an unbelievable start. His first 12 starts in 17, maybe. Yeah. But even, then, but 18, even, but even he, still not this, I mean, like, no, but, but he was really good. He was, no, you're right. He was, he was incredible. There's no and question. He, you know, he was done by May. I don't think this kid's going to do that, and I do think he's legit. But I also will at least admit you got to you got to see if it's but that's, an outlier. But that's also part of the argument for for why people would suggest you trade him is because right, you don't right, right. know, right? But, like, but I just don't like the idea of getting rid of him for players that might take two or three years to finally circulate up here. That's all I'm saying. I because I, I do think they have some pieces right now that look promising enough that if they if they could get two or three other if they could do a Bedard remember when they did the Bedard deal those guys all came in well most of them came in and contributed right away right I mean the two obvious ones were Cheryl and Jones but that Michelayo kid came in and was you know a, a not a factor but he was here right um, but I mean, I, I, but part I of that know. part of that was they had they had nothing. They had to you know put guys on the major league roster at that point. I I like the idea of trading him. I'm not. A, I shouldn't say I like the idea of trading him. I'm not opposed to trading him. What I don't want is to do the same deal they did for Manny, where three years later we don't really have anything to show for. Well, him. I mean, I, I I'd be very you wouldn't do it. There'd be no world. The Manny deal is not the the blueprint for this. It's not that Manny Machado wasn't. You got you had to trade Manny Machado and you got what you could get. Like right. the the re- the reality was by that point you wasted the chances when you should have traded Manny Machado and you just right. held on to him for whatever reason despite the fact that you were never going to sign him for the fun of it that they, they screwed that up the the right. idea is if you're gonna inevitably trade John Means two years from now I don't want you to do that if you're no, gonna trade John Means is to go back and look and see what Sabathia what the Indians got for Sabathia when they traded him in May. Because that that was a how m- different I, time though. Also, I also don't remember how much was still like how how many years was still under control at that point. But he went. He went. He only played for Milwaukee for like a year and a half at most. I yeah, think. I mean, he still had some time left. He, he wasn't he wasn't free at. The, I don't think he went right from Milwaukee to the Yankees. I, I don't know if that's true. He, I mean, yeah, he was I mean, no, he was he was only there for the half a year, and then he signed. It's oh. a it's a different. This is what makes this so unique. This is well, what... wait a minute. It, he didn't get traded. I guess my whole point to that was he didn't get traded in July. They did get seven or eight or ten, probably even more. They probably got 12 extra starts out of him because the, the Indians got rid of him in May instead of at the end of July. That's what, That was my point. Okay, and but 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 so I think they got more for him than normal. Okay, that That's might all. be true, and they got Michael Brantley in that deal. And Michael Brantley, if he had stayed healthy, you know, would have been a, a this, phenomenal player. And also when a he, different 
right, but it's the climate for trades. The climate for trades is different, but you also the three three years is an overwhelming amount of time to right. offer to a team. Just say, no, I agree. You're you don't left handed, correct? And, you know, I mean, like I just I'm not opposed to it. All I'm, but I am opposed to some sort of five player thing where four of them are 19 years old. I mean, I I yeah, hear what you're Juan saying. Soto, yeah, yeah, right. Like if I'm if I'm getting if I'm getting Wander Franco in a deal, I don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm, I I I understand what you're saying. I think that if you're doing it, you're acknowledging that your window is still a few years away, and so the priority of having players that are ready right now is. By the way, why don't we trade Chris Davis? Yeah, that'd be that'd be nice. That's 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 the guy. That's the this is the that was by the way would be the calls that you would be getting if you still did the radio. We well, still did. Although I do, I still do think. There is still room, and someone's. I, I tried to do this once in soccer; it didn't work. We should just put Davis on the plane with Means. Right, I know you've said that before. Just Tell Davis right. got traded, right? And when he gets off the plane in Atlanta, it's Means and Davis, and, yep. the, and the GM from Atlanta's like, "What are you doing here?" Yeah, correct. Well, they, I, you just traded for me. Like, no, the hell we did. That's not. That's not a thing. All right, uh, Drew is with us. Today's show is brought to you by Window Nation. Glenn Clark here for Window Nation. Right now, get 50% off all styles of windows. 50% off all styles of windows, plus no money down, no payments, and no interest for 24 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. Um, before we get to Rick, uh, I'm going to have you play Would You Rather Wednesday, brought to you by Glory Days Girl. The one I'll give you today. Would you rather Aaron Rodgers ends up with the Broncos making the Ravens' path in the AFC a bit more difficult, or he ends up in Washington waking up our annoying, slumbering neighbors to the south? Well, I, I don't care one one bit. Look at this maniac up there on the screen. I don't care one bit about the Redskins, uh, the D.C. football team. So he can go there for all I care. Okay. I, I, I couldn't care less. I don't. They they annoy me. They annoy me, and oh, no. the moment he shows up, I have to deal with them again. I don't. I don't care for dealing with them. Oh God, is he there? Is that the yeah, he's been doing a weird bit. Why didn't you just not let him in the room yet? I don't have that option. It's Drew's meeting. Why did you let him in the room, Drew? Let who in the room? I think it's just a Ali Ali Oxen free situation. Jesus. Yeah, you just get in. Yeah. I don't think it works that way. I mean, right. you know, it can if you set it. Give me more. Go on the record, by the way, I'm going to go on the record with something. Yeah. And say this right away before all anything happens. Uh-huh. This is a mistake. Oh yeah, yeah. That which that's what you think here, really. That's what you think. <laughs> all right. Um, I don't know how we do this anymore because they don't play the they don't play the song any longer. Yeah, we're not allowed because to play the song. Oh no, it's it's the over. The song is not being played. It was written in 1861 ah, by a guy who was on the Confederate side, so they had to ban it. This is, by the way, this is our this is our specialty, his, our yeah. history professor. Well, he's actually, right. I know. And, I mean, let him keep going. It's pretty interesting. <laughs> my son, by the way, my 13-year-old son wrote a wrote his final eighth-grade paper on the Holocaust. Oh, okay. That's... What, 16 pages, 16 pages long. <laughs> I it was due on Tuesday. I read it on Monday, and I'm telling you, I learned. Oh, no doubt. Amazing, I learned an unbelievable no amount doubt. of the Holocaust. I believe. I mean, okay. I already knew the basics of it. I knew it was awful. I knew all of that, but. I did not know a lot of the intricacies about the different camps and what they represented until I read that. So, Rick, I mean, this might be my second history lesson of the week. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. He comes in swinging. Rick is here. He's going to call the race. So, 
Uh, Rick, I remember you used to sing a, a Pimlico song when you would come in to do the Preakness in years past. Do you do you want to offer that one to us this morning? Yes, sir. It was an advertisement back in the day on one of the radio stations. I picked it up. And I don't still remembers know. it to this day because I wrote it though. Rain Man. Maybe Tariqa wrote it. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, Rick, Rick, this is just go ahead and do it. Just get just get that part over with, and then we'll get to the race. Okay. It's spring and it's time for the Preakness at beautiful Pimlico. When placer show, you really should go to see the famous Preakness and join for the fun at Old Hilltop. Crab cakes and ice cold I actually beer. Notice. When- You'll love it. Oh, we'll love it at Pimlico. So come to the Preakness. The good old Preakness, a good old Pimlico. It's a new state song. That's the one. That's the one they've chosen. The new state song of Maryland is Rick from Reisterstown singing that song. We'll be all out. right, let's go and get our uh, all, right, all right, settle down. Settle down. Keep it in your pants. Um, let's uh, let's once again, we uh, turn things over to the, uh, the anchor of our coverage today. He's Drew Tirico uh, here on NBC, and uh, he will guide us into uh, the introduction of the race caller. Well, thank you, Glenn. Uh, it's exciting. We're excited to be here. Uh, how are you, young lady? Where no, do you go? Would you, you stop safe? it with that already? God. Didn't your basketball team win a big game once? What year are you? <laughs> I'm sorry. God, I That's hate you. Terrible. I hate you so much. Anyway. <laughs> uh, and this anyway. guy once hit a hole in one. All right, all right, all right, all right. Tell him, Drewski. By the way, this is on you. It's called Glenn Clark Radio. No, I know. I'm sorry. (laughs) All right. Anyway, so here we are, lovely uh, old hilltop. Um, They're going to do something here. They're going to give all these people. This is officially the first time we've ever had Rick do this, but we don't know for sure that the horse that won the Derby is going to run in the race or not. There's still a chance that come Friday, the old blood test could come back and they say, yeah. No doubt. No All doubt. Right, go ahead. So we're here, and uh, we are ready to uh, go here. Beautiful day in Pimlico. They're getting ready to do a lot of uh, big work here. Going to give all these people 40 or 50 grand, kick them out of their houses, and uh, rebuild the whole area around here. So a few years from now, we'll be here on a beautiful new track, but for today, it's the same old shabby place it's been forever. I thought um, you were about to use a different term. I thought you were about to say it. For <laughs> when I heard that SH, I was like, wow, he's about to say something that ends in whole. No, 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 <laughs> no. Oh, we would never do that. Um, all right. So let's uh, let's get ready. Let's load them up and get them in the gate here. I, Frankly, I just got into town. I don't even know who the horses are. But um, <laughs> we'll go down to the track announcer, the great Rick. Uh, what's Cal- his last Calmus. name? Calmus. Is, is... Rick, Rick Calmus. Yeah. Uh, to take us through this uh, second leg of the derby. And, <laughs> of um, the triple crown. <laughs> so, second leg of the triple crown. Sorry there. Uh, where do you go, Towson? Oh, stop it. All right, here we go. <laughs> Rick, take it away. Okay, we're going to drug test all the horses afterwards. <laughs> after after oh. Drew uh, has his drink, a little. Uh, what's your drink of the day today, stop. Drew? Just, a- just load the horses up, Rick. Okay, Ram goes in. 
By the way, the horse is just named Ram. What is that? Ram. Right, right, right. Just named Ram. Brazilian. He's a Brazilian horse. Oh, thank you. It's Wayne Lucas's horse, by the way. My wife furious for years that I stopped caring about covering the races as much as getting paid to call lacrosse games because her highlight of the year was getting hit on by D. Wayne Lucas. Oh, yeah, right. He made a pass at your wife, right? Every year. What the The stupid – the year that we went to that big party and Rick showed up, my wife snuck off. They might. There might have been something going on. They snuck right. off together for like twenty minutes. Right. It was right, a right. whole deal. This is why I tune into NBC. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let me talk about this. All right. Back to Rick Colmus. We we got Ram taken care of. Ram is going in and ridden by Carlos Santana. No, not Carlos, but the other Santana, the jockey. He is smooth though. He's smooth. Keep me in mind with David Cohn, Medina Spirit, ridden by Johnny Velasquez. Crowded Tra- trainer TBA. Yeah, uh, trainer that would be, TBA, I that love be it. Baffert. You're not going to be here this week, is he? <laughs> Crowded trade by trained by Chad Brown. Javi, Javi's riding him, and that's Javi Castellano. So you don't know. Right. Right. We, we thought it was Javi <laughs> Lopez, for what it's worth, the former Orioles catcher. So thank <laughs> you for clarifying. Uh, Midnight Bourbon. I read Ortiz is going to ride him. Steve Asmussen trains him. Ron Bauer, Michael McCarthy, and Flavian Pratt, your rider. Isn't Michael Fronte- McCarthy the coach of the Cowboys? Yeah, I was wondering, is he the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fronte Godeina, trained by Hideaki Mori, ridden by Joao Nailed Rosario. It. Nailed it. Beautiful. It's just beautiful. Dominic De Coco. And Brad Honor, uh, Todd Pletcher, Luis Saez. And then you have risk-taking, Chad Brand and Jose Ortiz, and concert tour, Bob Baffert. And the trainer is Bob Baffert, who's yeah. not going to be just, here. Just said Where, that. Yeah, he won't be here. He'll be at the Ot- Ottenheimer household uh, having a drink. With really wish you didn't know my last name, but <laughs> here we are. By the, by the way, I like that he didn't say the name of Jackie because he knows that it's a, it's, a, it's a word that Drew Forrester doesn't care for in his <laughs> life. I want to hear his name, so he, we, won't, he, we will not He treats the name of that jockey as it's a curse word. That's the way that it works. Curse right. word. They're all in line, and there they go. Medina Spirits oh got the early lead gosh. on the outside. On the outside, it's risk-taking, then on Bridal Honor. Fronte go to Ina Rombauer, then Midnight Bourbon on the outside. That's Concert. my guy. Moving up. Keep me in mind. Ram is your trailer. And Ram, now going go Ram. First turn. Ram has moved up to take oh, the lead. Man. Last to first. Medina Spirit is second. Contratores on the outside. These three go nose and nose, head and head. And now Medina Spirit puts his head, his nose, his neck in front. He's never He's trailed. Still- He's never trailed. His neck is back. He is back it up. Medina Spirit's on the outside. And on the far turn, they go. The lady, 48 <laughs> seconds for the half. They're going very slow on the outside. It's, it's Medina Spirit. Turn to Rico's mic off. Fourth. And now on the lead, it's Medina Spirit up by a quarter of a length. On the outside, it's Ram two battling head and head. And moving up on the outside, it's Concert Tour. Where's- Concert Tour. He goes right on by. Midnight Bourbon. Got a length lead. And here comes Midnight Bourbon. Hey! Midnight Bourbon. It's a two-horse race. And down the stretch. Already! This is the fastest. Midnight Bourbon. Concert tour. They go nose and nose, head and head. Come on! Inside, back is Medina Spirit. Ram. Spirit comes up the inside, but it's Concert tour. Medina Spirit, Midnight Bourbon. 
and it's a photo finish. Two photo finishes in two races. <laughs> Unbelievable. Concert tour at Medina Spirit. It looks like concert tour with Mike Smith is your winner. Oh no! Oh Midnight no! Bourbon. No! Oh, on the no! And Midnight Bourbon, and then uh, Medina Spirit for oh, third. Oh God! And uh, Ram gets one, huh? Ram All has right. got. Well, at least what there's the no. Uh, it was uh, 10, 10, 3, 5, and what was the last one, Rick? Uh, 10, 5, 3. It looks like a dead heat for a second between the 5 and the 3. I, mean, 10, I thought you five, said it was a photo between. The... Oh, God. What the Mike hell? One, huh? tour, it was a three horse photo. Concert oh. tour, Mitchell and Medina Spirit, okay. and Ram got fourth. So 10, so, 5, 3, 1. Let me ten, ask you five, three, one. All right, hang on, hang on. All right, all right, Tariko. Yeah, ten five three one. Tariko, settle down over there for a second. Hey, 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 Tariko. We need you to interview the winning jockey of the Derby, and I can't wait for this. To interview, here's, here's Drew Tariko to interview Derby winner Mike's. Oh, sorry, not the Derby. Oh my God, I can't even name the horse. Or the race. It's the Preakness. Let's go down to the track real quick and a uh, huge win for uh, Mike Smith. What was the name of the horse? Concert Tour. <laughs> Concert Tour with the win, Mike Smith. Mike, real quick before we get into this, how about that year uh, when you uh, remember way back when when Shackelford won? You remember that? Yes. And you and you remember what happened there? You were on astrology. Yes. Remember and, and the horse stopped running with thirty yards to go. You remember that, Mike? Well, yes. You rat fink. <laughs> you going to interview him or not? Or are you just going to yell at him about astrology? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey. So, anyway, Mike, you cigarette smoking bum you. <laughs> He's like 60 years old, by the way. <laughs> He's the oldest jockey here today. I'm the oldest jockey. Drewski, I'm the oldest jockey. And my trainer's not even here. Yeah. Thanks a lot for that astrology ride, you scumbag. Well, you do have a you do have a chance to win the soccer title this year, Joe. I All heard right. you're one of the. Stop it! All right, uh, now we of course uh, the as is custom we interview the uh, winning trainer of the race. Uh, we we inter oh I'm sorry he's unavailable he's unavailable he's for comment. He's live on the Zoom. No he's, he's with no he's not Rick. No he's no he's not. No he's not. I assure you of that. All right, Rick. Uh, you, you've uh, you've done it again. Uh, whatever it is, you've done it again. I don't know what, what? it is, but it's but it's yeah. Drewski, you've had a very questionable show here today. Thank you for in interviewing Mike Smith. I feel like I need to answer some questions, but let me go ahead and give you some answers today. No, we run this horse, and he's ready to go. I want you to place a few dollars, ducats, whatever you call it. On concert tour, Mike. Mike, are we gonna? Are you gonna get popped? Is this horse gonna get popped next week? Is this gonna? Is this gonna be legit or not? This is, this is legit. This this one horse. Right. Right. Very good. All right. Uh, all right, Rick. Have, all right, Rick. Rick. We, get back, we gotta get back to talking sports. Yeah, Rick. Uh, we'll see. In, we'll see in three weeks, unless uh, we 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 know better. Unless we learn between now and then. all right. Concert. Tour. We love the horse. We knew it all along. Thanks yep. a lot, Drew. And good luck to your soccer team. What, and uh, what does that even mean? Keep, what does that even mean? He's got to go. He's got, can you kick him out? Drew, kick him out of the thing. He's got to go. We're, we're yeah. done. We're done. Kick, kick him out. He's still talking, but he's, I, I closed him off. All right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, I mean, this is
I don't know, man. He's still around, so he's lingering. He's just no, he's, I just <laughs> cut him off. He's done. I just cut him is. off. All right. There you go. He's smiling like the joke. That was one of the worst ones ever. I mean, I well, you say that except for the fact that it got Quick. it was it ended way quicker yeah. than a typical Rick race. Yeah, yeah, I think it was pretty close. I think it was even like one thirty seven. Yeah. Up- yeah. That that actually was quite pleasant in that way. He's putting in less and less effort. I mean, when did he put in effort, Drew? <laughs> when when do you think he put effort in? Maybe it's us that's putting in less and less. Oh, effort. that's a fact. Although, <laughs> although in fairness, it's hard to go from zero to negatives. It's hard to go. Can like, I talk to you guys a second? Yeah, sure, yeah. Paul. What do you mean? Yeah. Um, you know, Debbie and I were just listening to the show, yeah. and we were just—we had a couple questions for you. Right. Yeah, sure, Paul. Pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah. What we're wondering is, um, you guys ever talk about like the day before what, what you you're going to do? do? No. Why would we do that? Right. We don't even. You know, why would we do that when we don't know what the results of the games are going to be? That's a fact. Correct. How would we know what we're supposed to talk about? Exactly right. And then we had some hosts who would come in and wouldn't know who the starting pitchers were for the games that night. Well, that's why we put them up on the board. We would put them up on the board for that reason. That was the reason we did it. All right. Uh, you got anything? Uh, you, the trip, if people want to go to Vegas, they email you. Yeah. What could go wrong? <laughs> fact. Yeah, you could wake up with a tiger in your room and a new tattoo. I mean, that's, what could, that's what um, could happen. So yeah, we're putting together a Ravens. We're, it's uh, it's not. We're gonna call it Rah Rah Riot. Well, that's already been taken. <laughs> Ravens Raiders. Okay. No, all, all right. right. Um, that was that was a Rick Everett. That was what that was. Um, what else? Anything else going on? Nothing. There's nothing. We've covered it all. We've covered everything we need to cover. The Capitals and the Bruins. I'm sure you're Is excited Ro- about. Yeah, I got a bad feeling. Okay. Well, t- 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 about Roger leaving Green Bay. You think? Uh, I mean. Yeah, I actually do. I, I genuinely think he's going to be on a different team next season. I genuinely think that. But we'll see. We'll see. All right, uh, we got to go. We got uh, we got things to do. We got uh, sports to talk about, and you're not helping us in that department. It would be better anymore. than this. I don't know. Uh, the email is 18inarow at gmail.com. That's where you want people to email you? Yes, sir. 18inarow at gmail.com if you want to go to Vegas with Drew, drewsmorningdish.com. Uh, is your is your golf season over? No, we have a big we're a semifinal playoffs today. Oh, well, who are you playing against? St. Paul's. Oh, you want? Do you want my pick? No, <laughs> I got enough. I got enough on my mind without having you All right. pick. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. Good Peace. luck. See, See you, pal. Uh, Drew uh, Forrester, DrewsMorningDish.com. We won't take a break here. We can push it till uh, after we talk to. You. Oh yeah, I do need to send you a number, don't I? I do need to do that. Uh, thanks, I guess, to Rick. Thanks to Drew. Um, we uh, we will get that up here a little bit later on. All right, um, today's show also brought to you by Great Eights Memorabilia. This Saturday, Baltimore Celeb Fest in Millersville. Over 50 stars, current and former stars of professional wrestling. Some of the biggest names in the history of professional wrestling will be there. And some current stars are going to be there as part of the Great Eights Stable. So if you want to meet um, AW stars like Brian Cage and Lance Archer, right now go to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com, the number eight, GreatEightsMemorabilia.com, to get your meet-and-greet tickets for Saturday in the Great Eight Stable. On top of that, they got private signings coming up with uh, John Harbaugh and Anquan Bolden and Jonathan Ogden. And, as if all that wasn't enough, Tucker Fest, June 27th at Jerry's Toyota. Yes, Justin Tucker will be there, will be there. Cornhole tournament, dunk tank, live music all day. What a day it's going to be, Tucker Fest in celebration of Justin Tucker on June 27th. If you want to meet the future Hall of Famer and um, just hang out for the day, you can go right now, GreatEightsMemorabilia.com to get your tickets. Again, GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. Be great. 
Speaking of being great, our next guest has been quite great this season and is a big part of the reason why Loyola was able to get the ship right in the final couple of weeks and get back into the NCAA tournament. They're going to take on Denver on Sunday night. Joining us now, one of the top defensive midfielders in the country. He is Ryan McNulty, and he's with us here on GCR. Ryan, it's Glenn and Kyle. It's good to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Hey, how you doing? No problem. My hey. pleasure. I'm excited to talk to you guys. It's great to chat with you, dude. It's been an honor to watch you play these last few years. Um, Ryan, just give me an idea. You know, you guys went through some tough patches this season, and and struggles that I'm sure you guys didn't expect. How were you able to get everything to come together these last few weeks to be playing your best lacrosse at the most important part of the season? Um, you know, we've been telling our guys the entire year um, we're going to be able to click and get hot at the right time. Um, we just had to stay the course. Um, when we started, you know, picking it up and winning, um, all the guys just really started to come together more, trust each other. Um, one of our captains matt higgins um he's a fifth year as well just like me he made a great um quote to the team just saying how you know we're the chicken in the egg that hasn't hatched yet but <laughs> right now you know we're hatching at the right time so That's... that was just that stuck with everybody and you know <clears throat> we're, we're ready to hatch we're ready to get hot right now how happy are you to be somewhere where you have the ability to pull the trigger whenever you feel like pulling the trigger as a long pole and you can show off some of the phenomenal moves that we've seen from you, not only this season, but your entire time. How much fun is it to be a long pole at a place like Loyola? It is the most fun. I can right. tell you that. Um, you know, just learning from coach Dwan, you know, he was one of the best to do it as well. And then Scott Ratliff, who I've come a little bit close with just talking with him, you know, it's just, it feels like it's a loyal thing to have a long pole that can handle the ball in transition. I'm just happy to be a part of it. Dude, you ever like, okay. When, when you have the ball, take me through when you're in transition is the immediate thought I've got to go to goal. Are you like, I should probably look to see if somebody else is open. If they slide towards me, like what, what is going through your mind when you have the ball in transition? Um, so if I'm coming up the field with the ball, it's normally if someone doesn't stop me, then I'll keep going. Yep. But I like passing it to Kevin or Aiden. Um, uh, it's just like a cooler play to me when someone's open. The long pole, you know, has the vision and the eyes to make a really cool pass. Um, but if no one's stopping you and you're coming down the middle of the field, that's when you kind of just your eyes light up and you can just sting one. What, what the spin move that we saw a couple weeks back? Where did that come from? Um, I'm not sure. That might have been something from basketball. Or okay, that was just someone quick rushing out after me, and I kind of just reactionary okay but but like did you know you had that in you or were even you afterwards like holy crap i just did that <laughs> it was definitely cool to come off the field and be like you know that was a cool play but i don't know it's just i just reacted to the like some guy rushing out after me with a six foot pole so i guess what what i do with that is a spin <laughs> i mean it ended up being an awesome highlight bro it ended up being one that you could show for a long time He's Ryan you, McNulty. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio after another uh, first-team All-Patriot League season. Um, Ryan, obviously, the, you know this season unprecedented, right? And what you guys went through a year ago, having the season, you know, canceled, and then not being able to be around each other, and then you know, even this year, even just this weekend, right? Like you guys, you guys lose a game that I'm sure you were fired up and ready to try to avenge uh, a loss that you experienced earlier this year. The difficulty of all of this in just trying to play lacrosse while all of this has been going on, can you put into words the difficulty of just trying to find some normalcy given everything you guys have been going through? 
Oof. Um, yeah, it's been tough. You know, we've we've been making sacrifices constantly since basically last year when our season got canceled. So when uh, you know when the championship game got canceled, I think we were kind of deflated at first, but we kind of realized uh, if we just stay the course, we can make a couple more sacrifices to make this thing worth it. You know, beating Army on Friday night. Um, that feeling that you get after running off the field, running to go get your goalie after a huge win, you know, mm-hmm. everything's worth it with that sacrifice. So it has been hard and it has been tough. I'm not going to sit here and say it wasn't, but um, it's worth it is all I got to say. You you know, you bring up your goalie and it was a tough stretch there for Sam. Um, he, in fact, ended up getting benched at one point and then he responded uh, played really well. You referenced that save he made late on Friday night to protect that win was so critical. What has it meant for you to see him bounce back after he went through some of the tribulations he went through this season? You know, it means a lot. We're really happy uh, for him, but we we knew we could do it the whole entire time. We didn't lose trust in him. Um, but, yeah, he's just really seen the ball lately. It makes the defense want to play um, a lot more loose and not uptight because you know that our uh, – you know, our keeper can make the save and bail us out a few times, which is which is basically what you need out of a goalie. You need to get bailed out a few times. And he's been really um, exceptional at doing that lately. I mean, boy, that was a big one on Friday night, man. That was a big one against yeah, a really good huge. team. What a, what a spot that was to come up with a save like that when you needed it, man. That was massive. Um, uh, Denver on Sunday. There's some history between these programs. I know it goes back a little while before you were there, but but this is one of the best programs in the country. You know that. And you got to go back out on the road, and you're going to have to beat another good team. What is it going to take for you guys to go get the job done on Sunday nights? Uh, I think it's going to take a lot of you know discipline uh, with traveling. Um, there's definitely a lot of restrictions with all that, but you know, no distractions is going to be our our motto. Um, just got to keep our eyes on the prize, stay hot. Um, I think you know, just right now, our whole team is just so happy that we're in and that we have this opportunity. Um, you know that we're we're peaking at the right time. So it's just going to take trust in teammates and just some discipline out there and we'll get it done. Are you, you're in a unique situation, right? Where like you've been around for a little while, but you still have eligibility left at this point That's in your right. life. How, how are you like handling all the different options that you have in front of you? And you know, like, is it something that you've like made a decision about a long time ago? Or are you still thinking through some of that stuff? Like how are you handling all of that? Like it, what a weird situation it must be for you to be in right now. Oh. <laughs> you know, it is really weird, but a lot of people um, have told me that it's a fortunate situation to be in, have another year of college across, um, and I've started to really buy into that. Um, I talked to Coach Petromala in the summer, just uh, saw him at a tournament. I've known him for a while now since we've been playing. That's cool. Um, but he just told me that, um, you know, you don't want to leave a year out on the table. It's it's so worth it. Um and he said, you know, there's nothing like college across. So I have made up my mind that I'm going to take that extra year. Um, his words kind of helped me see through that and then a lot of other people. But, yeah, I mean, I'm That's, definitely going to use that extra year and just take advantage of it while I can. Is part of that, like, you feel like there's a real chance again to win a national championship? And, and Oh, 100%. Yeah. 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 I mean, this is – I love – Yeah. No doubt about it. I assume that's why you signed up at Loyola to begin with, right? It's like you knew you were going to a place where you had a legit opportunity to do something like that. I had a legit opportunity in the coaching staff, yeah. Those were the two reasons. Can, can you can you tell me, like, I think everybody knows Charlie, but I don't think that everybody in the country realizes just how amazing the entire staff is that you guys have oh. the opportunity to work with. Yeah, I mean, Coach Van, you start with him. I mean, he's coached 
multiple tour tongue winners. Yep. Um, then coach Juan, he was one of the greatest to play, uh, LSM. Um, he was one of the first all Americans at LSM, you know, that really helped me, um, just seeing what he's done with LSMs over the course of his coaching career. Um, it, the, our coaching staff is the best and it's funny to hear it from other, um, coaches and other players as well. Like, yeah, Loyola really does have the best coaching staff and we, all of our players say it almost every day. So it's really cool. Just really a great cool. opportunity. And obviously it's not a guy you're working with, but Stevie Vakeness, man. Like, Jesus. What he's <laughs> I'm done. working with Coach V all the time. Are you really? He, yeah, I guess for the, the wing, yeah, too. that makes sense. Sure, that makes sense that you're working with him. Obviously you're not the guy at the dot, right? But like, not the guy on the dot, but the yeah, guy on the wing. On yep. the wing, absolutely, 100%. That makes sense, dude. What a, what yeah, is Coach really... V, he's one of the best as well. And, and, what's, and what's, the, what's the, you know, Charlie's such a special person, man. Like, what, what is that like for you, that relationship what you've been able to, to have over these years and how having something like that helps with all this adversity that we've been talking about. Um, you know, I feel like I've known coach for a really long time now. Um, he's just someone that, you know, you respect, uh, you love, but you want to run through a wall for him. So it's a great, you know, dynamic of what he's got, um, you know, coaching wise. He, he makes you feel like you're one of the best players. He makes you feel like, you need to work on something, you know, he, he has all these different things that he can say, but at the end of the day, you still want to run through a wall, uh, for the guy. So awesome, man. I think that's a perfect way to you know, describe it. All right, Ryan, before I let you go, give me something that I don't know about you, right? Like when I'm calling your guys games next year, uh, a little fun fact that I can throw in for people. What's something that you're into that when, when it's not lacrosse, what, what are you up to in life? What are you doing with your time when you're not playing lacrosse? I love playing pickup basketball. I guess that that might be something. So did you like? Had did you get the battle pad every day then? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Me and Pat would play all the time. Okay, you know, and, and, and go like, to the fact. And I'm not gonna say that I would, you know, dominate him. Right. It was the other way around for sure. Right. You know that. I mean, he's really <laughs> good. <laughs> he's oh, unbelievable. Yeah. He, he would slam his hands off the glass, and I'd just be like shooting a three in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, but it's uh, iron sharpens iron, right? Like that's, that's the right. That's that right. It goes. It's fun to play with a guy like that. That's cool, man. That's really, really cool. All right, Ryan. Yep. I know you're on Twitter. It's at flylike underscore rye r y. Correct. That's where yep, people can follow correct. you. And what about? Are you on uh, Instagram as well? Yes, that is uh, Ryan underscore McNulty fifty five fifty five. Give him a follow on there as well. Ryan, it's so much fun to uh, to watch you play and to get to call your games, man. Have uh, enjoyed it uh, these last few years. Really cool that we get to do it again next year. But in the meantime, how about you guys go win a national championship, all right? It's... Hey, that sounds great to me. Thank you for giving me your time. Absolutely, dude. Thank you for taking it. Ryan McNulty right. from Loyola, first-team All-Patriot League, hell of a player, um, and a guy that seriously, it's really fun when he's in transition. It, it's one of my – it's the most exciting play in all of lacrosse is the um, the long pole and transition and whether or not they're going to pull the trigger and you're going to get to see a, a defender or a long stick midfielder, in Ryan's case, score a goal, man. I love pole goals. And um, and he is he had four of them this season. He is unbelievably good in transition situations on top of being a very good defender. Um, a lot of fun to, uh, to call Ryan McNulty playing lacrosse. All right, winding down our number two of today's program. Still more to do. We need to finish Would You Rather Wednesday. I'm sorry I haven't gotten to a lot of your responses as the day has gone on. It's We've had a very busy... It just seems to be the way this seems to work out. We'll have days where we got nothing going on. We have Wednesdays where we have lots of things going on. It's just the nature of the beast. Uh, Jacoby Jones, still going to hear from him. we got a tidbit, got tubular to get to before we wrap up for the day. 
Today's program has also been brought to you by uh, the Stand the Fan Variety Hour. If you missed it on Monday, Stand the Fan Ross Grimsley talking baseball. You can find it facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Click on the videos tab or go to pressboxonline.com. Find it there. And coming up tonight, Terry Hasseltine, the executive director of Maryland Sports, is going to join Stan and Gary Stein. You can check that out. Same location, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. All of Stan's shows brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Final segment coming up next. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce silver anniversary New York strip steak, the smoky thigh wings, a double bacon and cheddar burger, the strip steak sandwich, barbecue chicken bowl, and their silver anniversary turtle cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's silver anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests on Online, win a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. Guys, we're almost there. As a lot of people have said, we are at the 10-yard line, but the code COVID-19 pandemic is not quite over, so we need to continue to be vigilant, do the right things, including wearing our masks. And if we're going to wear them, why wouldn't we wear masks that represent our favorite teams and players? Home team masks available right now. Pressboxonline.com slash masks. we got a purple and orange state flag neck gaiter for you, as well as the Celebrate 8 MVP neck gaiter and an over-the-ear faded distress state flag in traditional colors mask. They're available. Pressboxonline.com slash masks. Let's get this over with. Wear our masks. Home team masks. Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host, Zach Goodman, every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Press Box Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash TheBatAround or at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box sports it takes time to get rich flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of colombia and brazil to royal farms but less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world because royal farms new swiss made coffee machines grind those rich flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time it's why royal farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world real fresh real fast royal farms 
Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. This is All right, winding down for a Wednesday, Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the program from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Press Box. Again, Glenn Clark for Window Nation. Right now, Window Nation is offering you 50% off all styles of windows, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Window Nation, the perfect fit. Um, Would You Rather Wednesday brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Continue to get your responses at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio. We'll pick a winner for the $25 gift card. Um, uh, Wes said it's Vegas, all expense paid trip and a Ravens game. Oh, I'm, I'm in. John Proctor, given the impending gas shortage, easy option B. I have been in the office recently anyway. Uh, from, well, you're going to be in the... Uh, okay, anyway. Uh, Doug, uh, the gas is cheap enough to fly out to Vegas on my own, Southwest, baby, and see the game and not go to the conference. I mean, like, are you talking about you expect to spend more on gas than you would on that trip to Vegas? Mm, I don't think that I expect that. I just think it's going to be a nightmare. Well, no. If, if you're going to go to Vegas on your own, you're definitely going to spend more money. There's no doubt about that. Mm. You're definitely going to spend more money. But I don't need to go to Vegas either. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a necessity for me that I make that trip. Um, so in the other scenario, it's going to be a, a net, I'm going to net more. I'm just not going to have the trip to Vegas, which I'll live with. Like will I, you? I will, I will live with not, okay. not being in Vegas. I like Vegas. Don't Call yourself a man. <laughs> is that, is that the measurement now? Is that the measurement of a man? Uh, number three, we did as well. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Wes, send him to DC. I'm a little nervous if he's in the AFC. Um, uh, John Proctor doesn't want him to they don't deserve an upgrade until they pick a name go to Denver uh, the Broncos don't scare me and neither does Rogers says Doug and F the no name team um, from from uh, Nick Kelly I'm just not a Vegas person oh that's a different one hang on I'll take the free gas and go on some short road trips this month okay it's an option uh, also says DC. I'd rather have less obstacles to make it to the Super Bowl, and I don't think DC is a Tampa Bay type of team that is only a quarterback away from winning a Super Bowl. Uh, Caleb, I by the way, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, Caleb, I definitely prefer Rodgers going to Denver. I'm perfectly fine with some in the AFC West being a thorn in the Chiefs' side. Plus, Washington doesn't need nice things. From from John and Little Rock. Um, uh, go to D.C., they will F up a Hall of Fame quarterback. There's probably something to be said for that. There's no doubt. Paul and Ovilando, I'll take Rodgers in Denver, unlike Brady, who doesn't seem to care about anything else but football. Rodgers wants to host Jeopardy, so probably won't play for too many more years. I'm content with seeing Fitzpatrick throwing picks for Washington. I do think that what you were alluding to is is there's something there, which is Washington's rot. Their problem really does seem to be mm-hmm. quarterback. Now you could say they still don't away. they still don't yeah. have enough at receiver, and and while Antonio Gibson had some, and he's going to be a huge this year, and they're going to use him more. I, I you uh, say that, 
I, he really came on late, and I but, really don't know why but not they as an wouldn't all around, feature him. Not as an all-around I get around it, right? Back. But people thought he was only and a receiver to a, start. Yeah, like That's fine, but like he's still not— I don't want to throw this in the Antonio Gibson hour, but like— I, 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 from a fantasy perspective, he's quite, in, he's quite intriguing. From a winning football game's perspective, I don't think they're good enough at running back. I don't think they are. I think that he's depends, a very exciting fantasy football if player. They're, if they're committed to him the way that Carolina was committed to Christian McCaffrey. That's fine, but I don't know that throwing the ball to your running back 100 times is what equates necessarily to winning. I no, think that a lot of times you need to have a guy that you can trust to ground out a game and play to your defense's strength. And I, th- look, I, I hear you. I am probably higher on Gibson than you, so I might think that Rodgers would be even more impact. Like I think they are a receiver away, probably. Probably. Logan Thomas looked like a pretty good tight end good. last year. I would be right. pretty comfortable with that. I don't think he's upper echelon, but I think he's no. solid. But, you know, they've got some guys with upside, and we've seen Aaron Rodgers turn worse. Like, Gandy I, Golden is certainly an intriguing talent. He's intriguing. I don't disagree with that. I don't, I don't think it's it – And their defense it is great. It ain't Tampa. It's, it, there is no comparable to Tampa. Their defense is great. Though. Their defense is really good. There's no debate about that. But, like, in Tampa – I'd rather they had, him be in Denver, personally, because you do have to go up against – Kansas City and I do think that's an interesting side of it is the can it soften up Kansas City a little bit can it make them more beatable in some way or another either because you don't you're not going to have to go through both of them like you're going to eliminate one of them in the process and Aaron Rodgers in Denver is still mostly the Aaron Rodgers show. I would say Washington is closer than Thin Denver. Air would help his deep ball, wouldn't it? It would, but I'm saying as I'm a team, saying. as a roster, I think Washington is a better Denver, roster is much than better. Denver's. I would say the Denver defense is underrated, perhaps, but yes. they're not as complete, I think, no, as Washington's. And, and they're look, I I think Javante Williams is an intriguing prospect, but I have no idea if he's going to be a you know a particularly good running back. They have. Well, the receivers are great. We know they're, that. When Denver? Yeah. They're not – what do you mean they're great? They are, I think. They're not great. They're guys that are interesting that we – Sutton and Judy are two really good talents. wide receivers. They're great talents that have not proven themselves to be – Fanta's near the top as far as young tight ends in the league are they're concerned. They're intriguing is what you're saying. What you're saying is they're I think intriguing they've got as, talent. They're, they're as much of a comparable, I would say. Look, I would say, of course, they're not they're as not, proven trying as Trying to Evans compare it to Godwin, Tampa is insane. They're the man. closest comparable. That's a that's a that's a deep receiving core. It's a potentially deep receiving core. You're labeling it something based on what we think they could be versus what they actually are. Okay. Like in Tampa, we already knew the answer on Mike Evans. We already knew that with one hundred percent certainty. We know the answer on Cortland Sutton for what it's we, worth. We we had a good feeling about Cortland Sutton, and he has to prove it coming off of an injury. We had a feeling that Cortland Sutton was becoming a player. We have to see that. You don't just get to be that again. Okay. We have a feeling about it. I'm also higher on Denver's receiving core than you. Well, then then there's reason to be. You're, you're playing off of, because they're all guys that we thought a whole lot of, Talented guys. they're definitely going to be those guys. <laughs> and they might very well be those guys. put them with Aaron Rodgers, why wouldn't I they? I right? certainly get the thought process there. I understand that. But it's not comparing it to Tampa is comical because you already had answers in Tampa. You already had unquestionable Mike Evans is one of the top wide receivers in all of football mm-hmm. we knew that there was no debating that there isn't a well we think he might be or if he's with Aaron Rodgers he would be it's a unquestionably Mike Evans was that guy 
I have no problem with saying we think Aaron Rodgers with the guys they have in Denver, he's going to get away with everything they can get out of him, and they'll be good football players. But Jerry Judy has not proven so far that he's definitely that guy. But it was, you know, context is important. Drew Locke, I get he had some drop issues I, last not, year. I'm not saying that, he right? can't be. I'm not saying that. But you have to acknowledge. People who like studying the tape say he was open a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm not. What you're doing is saying this is. That, that, I'm not, I know you're not saying they won't be. Right. I'm saying. And you I'm saying just as a talent, from sheer talent standpoint, I that's under, a really good receiver. I understand that that argument. Yeah. From talent and potential, there is something there. But they're not they a proven top, it yet. Correct. Until they are, they're not. Right? You. Like, they've got to go But I would that. say as a quarterback, you'd be intrigued by that possibility. Uh, I'd be intrigued There's no by reason it. not to want to go throw the ball at the guys in Denver. I, um, I mean, what, what are my options, right? Well, who like are the if, ones you take over? I get like, that's right, Tampa it, is the one that you definitively say well, I most yes. certainly take Tampa. There's no question and about that. If I, if that, I was gonna be, if I could have Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, Kansas I would. City, you would take it. I'm sure. There's a bunch of teams that I would take over Denver. It's Denver's not in the top ten. I don't they think. Are in the top 10. No, you're you're still playing off of their potential. No, you are, Kyle. Come on, man. I am, but I think that it's still paired with some production as well. What production? Sutton and Fant have both been productive. Tim Patrick has been productive despite you're, being the fourth receiver productive. in this equation. There are Ravens receivers that have been productive, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Regardless, they would. Be, I think they would be. Would be what? In the top ten. Oh, my God. I can't believe I'm going to waste time on this. But we're, we're not. It's certainly not Tampa. It's Minnesota's not, above them. Minnesota's above them. Cleveland's above them. Um... Uh, uh, I just said so. Atlanta obviously is head and shoulders above them. I think that th- there'd be a, a significant argument about Miami. Minnesota, at, I said already, right? Yeah, Miami at this point would be a significant debate about whether they would be above them or not. And I, I mean, they I, add Will Fuller and uh, Jalen Waddle. I mean, to I to Devontae yeah, I Parker. I mean, that's a that's a I don't loaded. Think, I don't think they're above them. Oh, I don't know how. I don't understand. Your your debate is entirely about potential. Then no, Judy, I think is. Judy has Judy not been more productive than Will Fuller, or you're, you're doing the potential thing. And it's fine. I get what you're doing, but you have to acknowledge what you're doing. I would still rather have Denver's over Miami. But that's just Everyone a, else you're I just would. doing a personal opinion thing now. Like, you're saying, I like these guys, and so they're the guys. Well, Seattle you can put on the list, I think. I'm a, I think yes, they're, they're top two, or two definitely. Right, yeah. But that's, that's, right. that's the same thing that we're talking about. Carolina I'd put on the list, probably. That would be an interesting... Uh, you know, there would be an interesting argument there. They've been more productive. They don't have so Samuel anymore either. So. Right, but they've been they've been Terrence Marshall is you know interesting and and meets they're with probably two guys right that are around ten. They're in the neighborhood. I mean, saying right. uh, the Chargers would be in that as well with their top two guys because Keenan Allen's been sure. highly productive and Mike Williams, Mike Williams has been productive enough and and Jalen Guyton looked like a thing a year ago. Um, you say that, but I hear you. Who it knows, looked like though. a real deal a year ago. All right, uh, let's get well, – you can, can you get me responses? The other Would You Rather Wednesday question was about four I, – I, I hate 4 p.m. games. I don't know how to explain it. I, I don't want a season worth of 4 p.m. games. I want 1 p.m. games, period. If I can't get that, I'm going with one p, splitting 1 p.m. in prime time. I don't like 4 p.m. games. I like sitting at – like I like being at home during 4 p.m. games. I don't like having to work during them, so I'm not choosing that one. Continue to get your responses at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter for Would You Rather Wednesday brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Tidbit brought to you today by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. All right. Everyone knows schedule release day, baby. We love it. Ravens officially opening the season on Monday night football. And, well, that should bode well, we hope. Lamar Jackson has shown 
in primetime games in his career, going six for two with 18 and touchdowns. Say, say going six for two? What? Six and two, I should say. That's what I was going to say. I'm like, what is six for two? I'm so sorry. Well, I mean, it's very confusing. Kyle. At least I can pronounce veterinarian. That's 18 touchdowns. That's fine. <laughs> it's still six for two. 18 touchdowns and two interceptions. Uh, he also averaged so. 82 and a half yards on the ground. Yeah, he's been really good. There's no debating games. that. And, of course, week one has produced some pretty impressive results for the Ravens of late. How impressive, you ask? Well, since 2018, when Lamar that. Jackson joined the squad, of course, he wasn't the quarterback in the first week, but he got some packages in. The Ravens have a combined 144 to 19 differential in their week one games of course 47 3 against the bills 59 10 against miami and 38 to 6 against cleveland that's right yeah that's good i want that all right me too by the way yeah lamar jackson (laughs) okay (laughs) was a very good college quarterback as well he was in fact so good that he was one of only four quarterbacks since 2010 in a power five conference to average three and a half touchdowns per game across their final two seasons. Give me that again. He's only one of only four Power Five quarterbacks yes. since 2010. Yes. To average more than three and a half touchdowns per game, game. across their final two seasons and a minimum of 20 games started. Uh, Tebow. No. Not good at football. Actually, it might be before yeah, I think he did 2010 now that I really – Jesus, he is so old, man. This is so comical that we're doing this. Um, well, the problem is who are the guys that played for two seasons? That's the real issue that I'm, I'm going to struggle with because – Struggle away, my friend. Baker Mayfield. No, not good at football. Johnny Manziel. 3.58, just behind Lamar. Lamar at 3.69. Nice. Um, Bob Griffin. No. Andy Luck. No. Kyler. No. Justin Fields. 3.55 rounds out the list. One remaining. 3.96. The top dog. I thought only. Oh, there's only three others. Mariota. No. This guy's pretty good. Thank you. Appreciate that. It's very helpful. It's my hint. Deshaun Watson. No. Trevor Lawrence. No. It feels like it requires an amount of mobility. The guy's pretty good. The guy's pretty good. You said it was a quarterback, right? I did, yes. Joe Burrow didn't play for two seasons. He did. I mean, he did, but he didn't play that well in the first one. I'm sure I'll. I'm sure I'll say, "Oh yeah, sure." After you tell me who it is, but I don't. The guy's pretty good. Thank you. Just tell me. Pat Mahomes, three point nine six. He just he just was not he was just not prominent enough for me to think of when I list college football quarterbacks. That's the issue. He was buried at Texas Tech. All right, uh, Tidbit was also brought to you today by the print issue of PressBox, which is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms and at the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. Read it all, PressBoxOnline.com. John Means on the cover. Go pick it up today.
Tubular, brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com. Here's what's coming up right now. Orioles, Mets, Matt Harvey pitching at City Field. How about that? Um it's uh, on Masson 2. It's also on MLB Network and the rest of the country. Masson's got Phillies Nationals at 7, MLB Network locally, Cubs Indians at 1. Then everybody gets Padres Rockies at 3, Twins, Red so- uh, Twins White Sox at 8. The schedule release show is at 8 o'clock on the NFL Network because, sure, you know the schedule. You'll know it by the time it starts, but whatever. ESPN Wizards Hawks at 7 o'clock. It's also on NBC Sports Washington. Blazers Jazz at 9.30. NHL Network, Oilers, Canadiens at 5, Wild Blues at 9 on NBCSN. They also have Chelsea and Arsenal at 310. Congratulations again, uh, Zach Steffen. Not only is his team going to be in the Champions League final, but they win the Premier League as well. Of course, he's not the primary goalie, but still pretty cool for a former Terp. TNT, AEW Dynamite tonight at 8 as well. Some non-sports highlights? Non-sports. I need you to send me that interview as well. Non-sports. I believe I did that yesterday. Uh, okay. Uh, we've got Chappelle is on Fallon. I don't know what he's promoting, but he's with also uh, J. Period and Black Thought and Tiffany Goosh, Goucher mm-hmm. uh, performing as well, I guess. So maybe he's promoting something related to that. But that's, of course, at 1135. On NBC, uh, the Goldbergs, Home Economics, 8 and 8.30 on ABC. This is definitely not on NBC. I didn't yes. say that was on NBC. No, you, you did it. You just said it no, in a very awkward way. Fallon right, was but on. Right, the way that you it, said it. Okay, on ABC are those shows. I know what you shows. were trying to do. but yeah, On ABC, those shows are taking place. Avril Lavigne, we don't know whether it's the real one or the fake one. Uh, she'll be on Kimmel. Wanda Sykes, what's she promoting? Uh, I have no idea. It's not Curb, I don't think. No, I wouldn't think so. I hope so. I don't think so, though. Full Frontal with Samantha right, B. You don't, need to, you don't need to kill any more time. Full Frontal with Samantha B. at 10.30. Yes. Uh, Crank Yankers, 10.30 on Comedy Central, if you're into that. Stuff and things. Check it all out at glennclarkradio.com. Uh, Tubular was also brought to you today by Grade 8's memorabilia. Celeb Fest on Saturday. Meet the Grade 8 stable. All eight pictures and autographs are just 200 bucks. Current stars of pro wrestling. Grade8smemorabilia.com. Of course, also private signings with John Harbaugh, Jonathan Ogden, Anquan Bolden, and more, as well as Tucker Fest, June 27th at Jerry's Toyota with Justin Tucker. Find out more about all of these events, Grade8smemorabilia.com with the number eight, Grade8s Be Great. Thanks today to um, Drew Forrester and Rick from Reisterstown. Of course, we lead off with them. Will Leach, Patrick <laughs> Stevens, Ryan McNulty from Loyola, Jacoby Jones, who you're about to hear from. We'll get it all up in the Greatest Hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Uh, tomorrow. Yeah, Troy Stokes is going to join us tomorrow. Troy Stokes Jr., Calvert Hall alum, just made his MLB debut this week for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Very cool story. I think he got his first career hit last night. So we're going to talk with him tomorrow. Looking forward to catching up. That's a very, very neat story. Stuff and things. Irons and fires. Stuff and things. Irons and fires. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including the U.S. Army, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, MIA Lacrosse, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, ExxonMobil, KNS Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Great Eights Memorabilia, Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Kyle Ottenheimer, sad, lonely man. Follow him on Twitter at KOttenheimer. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Wednesday night. Go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too. We wrap up today's show by hearing from a man who just got a new job, Jacoby Jones. We'll see you tomorrow. Here's Jacoby on GCR.
And indeed, a pleasure to be joined now by one of our favorite players in Ravens history. Of course, the, one of the heroes of their Super Bowl uh, 47 run. And now he's got a new gig. He's taken on the role as the tight ends coach at Morgan State. We welcome back to the program Mr. Jacoby Jones, who joins us now on GCR. Jacoby, what's going on, man? Congratulations. Hey, I can't complain, man. I appreciate it. Tell, tell I'm me, enjoying it. Tell me about how this comes about. I know you've been working at Calvert Hall. You had been coaching, you know, even going back to your hometown for a little bit, your alma mater. How did this come about that uh, this opportunity happened at Morgan? Well, you know, that's how coaching is. You know, they had Coach Breed up here and one of the uh, strength conditioning coach, me and him coached together at Lane College. He was like, man, come up, just come up, talk to Coach Wheat. And me and Coach Wheat got the rapping, and he seemed like, yeah, he no ball. Got the opportunity. I mean, Jumped he, on. he was a hell of a player for sure back in the day, of man. Course. He was a of damn course. good player. So yeah, I played with him on Tecmo Bowl. <laughs> Did you tell him that? You met him? I mean, by the way, I mean, <clears throat> he was good, but there was no Bo Jackson uh, when it came to Tecmo Bowl. Like, there, right, was, right, there right. was one dude that you played with on yeah. Tecmo Bowl, and that was <laughs> Bo Jackson. That was the way that it went. So, oh, yeah. so. I- Have you like? Are you committed to this? Is what you want to do? That you want to keep moving up the ranks and in, in in your coaching career? Oh yeah, I mean, I always I always wanted to coach, and uh, and I knew I was gonna be a coach when uh, when I was about to get drafted actually, and uh, um, so my my head coach at Lane College let me be the offensive coordinator for the spring game. And, of course, I put up some points. <laughs> I mean, so, like, but were you doing crazy stuff to put up those points? Were you, like, I'm pulling out all the tricks out of the playbook? Oh, at I, this pulled, point? I pulled them all out. Right. <laughs> I pulled them all out. Right. And and, and that, was that what made you fall in love with it? Like, was that what made you say, this is what I want to do? That and then, you know, um, and then one time when I was with my, my last year with the Ravens, when Coach Kubiak came back, so in the receiver room, I was helping the guys with the play because you know I played for him for five years. So and I was like almost teaching them the plays too. You know what I'm saying? So that helped out a lot. That's cool, man. Jacoby Jones is with us here on GCR. So so working with tight ends, right? Like what right. what's what's the transition like for you? What what do you you well, know? Well, for me, it 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 actually helps me because sometimes I kick myself on the butt. Because like you know when the run game come out, you all you know you just man I got MDM I got to do a block. The safety of the corner, you know. Yep. But they, and now, they don't want to tackle to, anyway. Right. Yeah. And then now I got when when I was playing, they did. But now, well, <laughs> but fair. now you got to right now you got to pay attention to the te- different technique. You know what I'm saying? The four eye, all that different shades, this and that. So you got to pay attention to it. So, so in becoming in working your way towards being like an offensive coordinator yourself, you think this is going to be really beneficial? Sort of learning, um, you know, this aspect of it and the blocking schemes, things like that. Right, that helps you as you go and as you go along, along with it. I mean, so like I said, I'm learning more of the defense. More, I'm more, I'm learning more of the inside part of it more than the outside. The outside is easy to me. That's 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 night and day. Right, you know that. I get that. Yeah. I completely get yeah. that. Jacoby, yeah. is there ever a moment like for you as a coach where you just get frustrated because you were such a good player yourself, and you're like, dude, just be better, man. Like, do you ever go through any of that? I mean, you know, you don't get frustrated because you can't compare everybody to yourself. You know what I mean? So. But what you well, what I get mad at is if I tell this kid go right and he go backwards or left, that's when you get mad. <laughs> like, right. 
<laughs> like you're just not you're flat out not even listening. Like, right. <laughs> you'd be like, hey man. <laughs> right. Have you have you had a moment? Have you ever like called back after you become a coach? Have you thought to like go call one of your former coaches and apologize? I, I talked to all my coaches. Okay. I, I've, I've apologized to them too. All right. That's what I wanted to know. Like, like, yeah, dude. Now yeah, that now that I'm doing coach, this. Man. Yeah, I talked to my coach and I apologized to him. I said, hey man, if I was if I was like this, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's so great man i love that who are the who, okay so who are like the former coaches that like you'll uh, run things by when you're when you, as you as you've gotten into this world who are the guys that you like call up to run something by an idea uh, by man, talk to? I've, I've talked to uh my receiving coach in in in, uh, in houston larry kersky i've talked to uh, my special team coach that was in in with the Ravens, man, I've talked. To, I'd be calling. I talked to my my old high school, my old high school coaches, my college head coach. I'd call them all. And what's the best piece of advice that any of them gave you? Just breathe. <laughs> you sometimes forget that as a coach. I feel like coaches forget <laughs> to breathe, and they sometimes forget to sleep too. Like they forget that at some point during the night, you got to shut down and just like get some sleep before the next and, day. And, and this. And the crazy thing is, it's hard to sleep at night because you be running through your mind, or you yep. might get that phone call late at night, and you don't want that phone call from one of them kids late at night. Do you, do you know anything about Morgan Jacoby? Like, were you at all familiar with Morgan? No, I used to, yeah, I used to, when I was playing, I, I used to come to the basketball game and stuff. That's cool. That's cool, man. Like, you know, the yeah. fact that knowing what you know about it being an H, HBCU. Um, what Morgan means to the black community, how how much cooler would it be for you to be able to succeed and help a place like that as a coach as you move along in your process, um, you know, knowing it, 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 the stake that's there because of it being an HBCU? Right. Now, the biggest thing, man, is just, it, it's not just teaching them, like, about ball, man. It's teaching them about life, too, because, like, you know, playing ball, it, it, it actually helps you to get better for the real world. How you be on time? How to be have structure? You know. Yep. Teaches little things like that. No, it's important, man. It's why I want my kids playing sports, dude. I mean, I'm 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 right. completely on board with that. Jacoby Jones with us another couple minutes here on GCR. So, Jacoby, you know, like, do, do you? Is it a big deal? And I, you probably experienced a little bit of this at Calvert Hall. When when guys come over to work with you, is it a big deal to them, or are you already at a point where like, you know, what happened ten years ago is irrelevant to them? Like, you might as well be fifty in their minds. Well, I'm I'm fifty, but now nah, these kids always talk trash to me like they think that they can outrun me, but I still can run. They don't know. Like I, I can still run. Well, okay. I ain't, what? Lifting, I ain't lifting no more weights though. No, no more. Weights. Oh yeah, that's over. I get that. Why would that's you? Over. Okay, so what I can would still run though? What would you run right now in a forty? I probably still run four four oh, right now. Man. Oh man, that's crazy. Right now, I probably bro. run a four four without even working out. Right, right, you would just if you just went out and did it today, you'd still run a four four. Yeah, I probably run four four right and, now. And and do guys literally challenge you? Like you show up, they're like, "Bro, I can I can outrun yeah. you now." When I was at Lane College, I had to I had to race my returner to the and he became all American. I had to race him to the hole of the kick return to show him how fast to get there. <laughs> Dude, that is so great, man. That's so great. Okay, now what about like um, when when you were what did you what did you take from the Calvert Hall experience? What did you learn being over there with high school kids, um, and how did that help you as you moved along this path? Oh man, those kids was they they are so like they were a blessing. Like like I mean like those kids was they was attentive. Like they paid attention and they wanted to learn. They were eager to learn. And as a coach, you know when you that, that like you suck that in, you like yeah. 
So you, I'm gonna give you everything, now. Is is the goal like what? What is the ultimate goal, Jacoby? Like where where do you want this to take you to? Man, wherever the wind blows me. Okay. I mean, is it? Do you, do you do you want to get back into the NFL? Hey man, if that day comes. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's fascinating, right? It seems like you're the type of dude that has a lot to. You, you, like the personality part of it. This is what why everybody fell in love with you. Obviously, is you're a hell of a football <laughs> player, but you know, like you you're a funny dude. Like this is why everybody hey man, fell in I, love I, with I, you. And the, and the crazy funny thing is, I don't even try to be funny. Yeah, it's just you. It's just the nature yeah. of who you are, right? right? Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I right. get that. So do you do you like? Is that how you are? As a, like, if we saw you as a coach. Would you be tougher and more serious? Like, yo, who is no, this guy? It's I still- do, I, and, and one thing I learned from Coach Hopkins, was my receiver coach with the Ravens, he lets you play. And and when you when he feel like when you know you messed up, he ain't got he just look at you like you know you messed up. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't about to holler and cuss at you for what? <laughs> like, yeah, you, you're an adult. Like, you got this. Just go you out. Know, yeah, I don't need to tell you. You just, you just go figure it out. Um, right. the, 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 like, is there, is there ever a time where you maybe try to tough it, like, just to mess with somebody? Do you ever, like, scream at them, like, dude, what was that? No, I, sort of, like, I don't have, I ain't got time to be, for what? <laughs> I feel, I, did, I thought maybe you just laugh at him afterwards, like, nah, I'm just kidding, bro, you're good. <laughs> no, I, I just look at him, like, yeah, all right. <laughs> then they know, they just know in you that know. moment from that look. When like, they come, when they, look, when they come, they come tell you, I messed up, coach, yeah, I know. Yeah, is it, <laughs> You ain't got to tell me. You ain't got to tell me, man. <laughs> I know already. Right. I know it. Right. What about, okay, so do you do you have, do you do you punishment at all? Do you have, like, when somebody screws up, do they have to go run or anything like that? It's... Oh, man, if you're missing, if you miss class or something like that, and I find out, or you miss weight, oh, man, yeah. you're going to get it for me. Okay. Like, yeah, you're going to get it. Okay. Okay. What is it? What What is it? What's the go-to for you? What's the thing that you make them go do? I make them back crawl. I make them back crawl without using their feet, so they got to slide. It's just all arms. What? That sounds awful. My God. <laughs> I don't know that I can physically do that, bro. <laughs> oh, yeah, just arms, no legs. Oh, my God. That sounds miserable, man. That sounds absolutely terrible. Um, Jacoby, is there anything else going on in your world? Is it? Is it just this is this is me? I'm Coach Jacoby now. That's what I'm doing. And That's what I'm doing. That's awesome. I'm on, yeah, I'm on, what, five, seven, six, what? I coached that lane for three years. Yeah, where I'm on four, five years or something like that. This is you. This is who you are, dude. That's a really exciting yeah. thing. Did you did you know uh, Derek Alexander at all? Like he's another former <laughs> Raven. Um, no, nah, I did. No, I didn't. Okay, I didn't. okay, all right. No, well, I'd be an opportunity to get to know him. That's a really cool thing. Um, yeah. Jacoby, can we plug anything for you, man? Are you even on social media anymore? I feel like you're hey, just digital underscore twelve, baby. Digital underscore twelve. Give him a follow. Insta- okay. That's Instagram. That's Instagram. Okay, give him a follow on yeah. Instagram at digital underscore twelve, and get out and see Morgan State this fall. Is what we're telling people. Yeah, that's buddy. what you need to do. Get out and see Morgan this fall. Hey, Jacoby, appreciate you as always, man. Congratulations. This is a really cool story you. that, you, that you're sticking Thank around you. here and making the move up. Looking forward to seeing what's next for you. Thanks for hopping yes, on sir. with us. Thank you.